and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, a podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now and then we talk about them. But I am not the boyfriend, I am the fiancé. I'm still getting used to saying that. Yes, yes my, you are. Introduce my fiancé to musicals he should have seen by now. This one's a little different. Though. This one's a little different, mostly because I am very familiar with the musical we're going to talk about today. Indeed. However, I'm not familiar with this version of the musical we're going to watch today. Mm-hmm. I have never, in the 74 episodes we have previously released, been more excited for a musical that we are going to watch than yeah. I am today. We are going to see the London premiere of Frozen the Musical. And already I can feel the goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Because I love Frozen. Unashamedly so. Why do you love Frozen? It's not without its flaws. Mm-hmm. I'm fully aware of that. I'll be the first person to say that um, as much as I love Fixer Upper, that is not what the last song in a musical should be. Yep. But Frozen is a film that came at a really important time for me. Yeah. And really helped me accept a process I was struggling about and keep going Mm -hmm. so Frozen came out December 2013 yes it did and I was the first third of the way through my teaching training Mm -hmm. and any other teachers I'm sure will tell you the same thing that when you are training to be a teacher getting to Christmas is the hardest bit sure it's lonely it's difficult it's stressful the nights are darker you are more tired and it is it feels insurmountable mm-hmm. and on top of that at the time I am dealing with my own mental health which had been a battle I had been in since I was 18 mm-hmm. and I wasn't at a point where I wanted to accept that I needed help I wasn't at a point where I accepted there was something wrong. I was just blindly going forward. And I had got into a routine of hiding away from the world at uh, going and doing my job and then locking myself in my room to prepare for my job. And all those times where I felt... Even at university, I didn't come out of university with the best grades in the world because I hid myself away. I I didn't put the effort in that I was capable of because I was dealing with things I didn't understand at the time. And the reason I kept going was because I wanted, I didn't want to be the person who let my family down, you know. So this film comes out. I have a Cineworld Unlimited pass. I saw Catching Fire earlier in the day. Second Hunger Games film. Oh, sure. And then I went to see the new Disney film. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't expecting much. The trailers showed a reindeer chasing a snowman. I was expecting it to be your traditional Disney. Cute animals, cute sidekick, but nothing substantial. Mm. And it was the first time in months I felt something. And it was the first time in months I'd allowed myself... To just be a slave to my emotions. I remember sobbing. I let it go. Mm -hmm. I remember feeling moved by this film. And 
I really resonate with the character of Elsa, who had been hiding away from the world, trying to be something she felt she should be because of the pressures on her, but then finally being like, hey, I'm just going to be myself and I'm going to own up to the fact I'm a heavily flawed individual and I am just going to let it go. Mm-hmm. And that inspired me to actually go and ask for help, go seek uh the support of a GP and say I need help and here I am now let it go was my alarm on my phone for the next year and a half (laughs) it became my karaoke song I've performed at three different schools as karaoke Mm -hmm. teacher karaoke teacher karaoke um it's not a perfect film and the the sequel isn't a perfect film but they are deeply personal to me Mm -hmm. and came at a point in my life where I needed it. And I am so excited to see this one. I have been excited ever since it was announced a few months later. Yes. So. On to the musical theatre talk. (laughs) In January 2014, Bob Iger, who was at the time the CEO of the Walt Disney Company, stated that Disney Theatrical were already in an early developmental stage of Frozen, the musical that was planning to go to Broadway. However, he said, we're not demanding speed, we're demanding excellence. So there was no date set. Which I remember reading being like, good, I don't want to rush this. Mm -hmm. I'm fully aware, even at this point, gushing, completely overtaken by Frozen fever. I saw this film like six times at the cinema. I sat through the uh, little Mickey Mouse cartoon before it like six times. I liked that. I liked it the first time and the second time. Third, fourth, fifth. (laughs) Yeah. So when Frozen came out, I was at college. Yep. So I'd done my two years of sixth form, which is the last two years of school in America, I believe. But, and then I did a foundation year to get into art school. So my foundation year was me and a bunch of massive nerds in the illustration department because there were like maybe 10 of us tops and we all sat around and we had to use tumblr right yeah so our teacher made us all make a tumblr account that we had to use to upload our artwork every week to crit and see if we could get interaction online and it would help us build an online portfolio it was a good idea i don't think he knew what people were using tumblr for though no he did not (laughs) but One of the things that was on Tumblr at the time was this account that would upload Disney songs. We would just use it as a radio station, basically, and you'd just scroll through and press play on the next Disney song, and they would just play. And one day, the song came on, and we were like, oh, I don't know that one. What Disney film is that from? And it was from Frozen. However, (laughs) wasn't used in the film, because it was one of the deleted Ah. songs that hadn't they hadn't announced yet which songs were being used in the movie and which weren't, but they had released the album in advance, which had some of the deleted yeah. songs on it. Basically, it's what First Time In Forever Reprise replaced. Yeah. It was a song between the two of them where the plot was still that there was a prophecy about an evil queen yeah. with a frozen heart who would destroy the land and cover it with snow. And only a true pure-hearted queen would be able to kill her. When it was more traditional that Elsa was the villain and it was the story of the Snow Queen. Yeah. And 
there's this whole oh it's called life's too short it's great we'll have to listen to it it's an absolute bop but i understand why it wasn't used in the yeah. film so we heard that and we were like oh frozen okay we don't know about this one so we looked it up and then we were all listening to it and we heard all of the songs before the film ever yeah. even came out however the other thing that happened before the film ever even came out was Disney Theatrical started working on the stage show. So even when Bob Iger announced it, they'd already been working actively. They had been working actively on the musical before the film was ever released. Wow, that's confidence. Yeah, Thomas Schumacher, who was the president of the Disney Theatrical Group, had disclosed in an interview that they'd been working on it for nearly two years by that point. They knew this was going to be a big deal. Yeah. Which is the only reason they make these films, obviously. Yeah. So he said, we've already been talking to directors and we have a design concept and we've begun to fashion this idea to life. It doesn't need to be fast, though. It needs to be great. The first priority is that when you have a property that is beloved and based and as musical based as Frozen is, it has to get an enormous amount of attention. We have to say, how do we take this and make a sophisticated adult evening of theatre out of it? Because the people who buy theatre tickets... Are the adults. Are adults. Right, and I'm going to say now, that is one of the things that before we go and see it, I'm scared about. Mm-hmm. Aladdin has burned me because... Yeah, me too. Um, It came across very pantomime. Mm-hmm. I am concerned that... Mm-hmm. Is, maybe that's just here, though. Maybe that's just here. I don't know. Because we get Aladdin as a panto yeah. every year. I am concerned about... So, like, there's a lot of big deals in this, you know. Mm. Um, we know about Hans. We know about... We know the plot, right? Yeah. We we have songs that we are excited to see. There are moments we are excited to see. I am concerned that what if it becomes either too child-friendly, like it's an evening for your children to go to, which, fine, you know, if it is, no shade. But... I'm also concerned that what if it comes across like too pantomime You've shown me there's the thing you can do at Disney where you go for the Frozen experience and you have Olaf singing his song and it's somebody will always great. shout out, well, put me in summer and I'll be a... Paddle! I don't want that as part of this. However, at some point in the future, we will go to Disney World and, and you're going to love that. And that's fine and I love it, but I don't think I want it here when we're paying a lot of money... That's true. ...to go see Frozen. Yeah. That's my biggest worry off the bat. But by the sounds of it, that's not what they're going for. Mm-hmm. I know that they're adding in new songs. I yes. don't think they're taking away any songs. No. Which is great because I love every song on Frozen soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I've played it to death. so much. So in February 2015, Thomas Schumacher confirmed that Christine Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez were working on new songs cool. for the musical. I, I don't know specifically who worked on what, but I know that they had worked on Book of Mormon and on Avenue Q. Sure. So Kristen Anderson Lopez worked on Finding Nemo the Musical, which is great, by the way. Wow. That shows at Disney. Did it's not incredible. know that was a thing. No, it's, it's a Disney Parks cool. kind of thing. She worked on Wonder Pets, Bear in the Big Blue House, the 2011 Winnie the Pooh movie, she obviously frozen frozen 2 then coco and also did wonder vision 
Yes. So that's her. So she's very oh. much almost like being, you know, primed to be the new Alan Menken by the sound She of is it. the Disney human of the yeah. two of them. Robert Lopez worked on Our New Q, did a... <laughs> I don't know how to explain this to you, basically. Uh, a show called Kermit, Prince of Denmark. Cool. Which is a Muppet parody of Hamlet. Sounds about right. It's amazing. It's so good. Um, then started working for the Disney company. Also worked on the side on Avenue Q while also working on Sesame Street. Then moved on. God, could you imagine if he bought the wrong song to Sesame Street? I know, right? <laughs> then moved on to work with South Park and... Book of Mormon, Book Trey of Parker Mormon. and Matt Stone. Yes, indeed. Then the Finding Nemo musical with... And that's presumably where they met. Yes, indeed. Cool. But then he's also done things like Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. And... He'd have done the princess song, wouldn't he, in Wreck-It Ralph too? No, just Wreck-It Ralph. I'm pretty sure they did the Rick it, Rick it Ralph as fast cool. as you can. Okay. Which is great. It's a really good show. Song. Are the pair of them very involved in writing the new songs for the musical? Yes. This good. is their job. They okay. are writing the songs Fantastic. for the musical. Because that's a worry if there is going to be a lack of consistency that we'd be able to notice the Frozen film songs versus the Frozen musical songs and have kind of that divide. Yeah. So, up until... 2016 there was no news basically we knew that Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez were working on it I remember (laughs) yeah but there was no date set however in early 2016 Disney announced that the musical was scheduled to open on Broadway in spring of 2018 and it had a pre-Broadway tryout in August of 2017 in Denver yes and they had reportedly we're going to have Betsy Wolf as Elsa, who's an amazing performer, Alex Timbers directing, and Peter Darling as the choreographer. However, that didn't happen. They had their first developmental lab, which is like a workshop. Workshop, basically, with Betsy Wolf as Elsa, Patty Murin as Anna, and And she stayed as Anna. Yes. So based on what they had to start with, they knew that this was gonna work. Yeah. When they looked at it. So they had $30 million to make this musical. And uh, 23 new songs. New songs? Yeah. Including the... No, 23 new songs. Which were then cut down to the amount that we are left with. Okay, cool. With this show. Cool. And I've seen some bits... Mm-hmm. from the performances in America. I try to avoid them, mostly because this is a show that I'm so hyped for. I don't want... I don't want this experience to be ruined. Yeah. However, what I have seen, we've watched theatre bloopers. Yeah. And I have seen one where the Elsa Let It Go transformation did not work and the Olaf puppet fell apart. Mm-hmm. So I'm incredibly aware of the level of sophistication they are going for to try and make this a magical experience. The Olaf puppet is on par with the Timon puppet from The Lion King. The Lion King. Yeah. Cool. I think that's a great way to do it. 
the transformation gone wrong, I can see where they're trying to do something spectacular with it, which I think arguably is one of the biggest and most difficult set pieces they have to do the in the film. The transformation gone wrong is from the Orpheum yeah. Frozen, which is like Disney Park levels. Yeah. The thing is, that as a, that as a set piece, I feel like the bit I am most excited to see is Let It Go. Mm-hmm. I would wager that is the bit most people are excited to see going into this show because it's the bit that's maybe the most magical and how do you capture that on stage Mm -hmm. in the same way like the ending with Anna freezing that will be impressive I'm sure but let it go because of how big that song is like that is a phenomenon that's what you hear with Frozen Mm-hmm. That as a set piece is what I'm expecting to be the most like spectacular. Like of that thirty million, ten million's going on Let It Go. You know? Yeah. What were like the responses to it when it came out in America? Did it get acclaim? Did it get uh, negative reviews? What was its response? It got really middling reviews when it came to when it came out on Broadway really? initially. So. The tryout got pretty mixed reviews. They said it was fun, but not transporting. So you're not like sucked into the world. One critic said that they have augmented the score really well to the 23 songs or 20 to 23 songs that it had at that time. But there were moments that feel like padding with some of the songs. However, the power ballads that are the score's signature are stunningly delivered Good. and that the actors in the set were the best part of cool. it. And then the Broadway show, again, got really mixed reviews. The New York Times said that it was rousing, often dull and alternately dopey, which is super interesting. I'm sure there's more context to that. Yes. But interesting all the same. However, again, the set, lighting and the lead's performances were given a rave review. Yeah. Now, we've actually had a little bit of a disagreement over this. Mm-hmm. And I can completely see your point. I think this is a really difficult show to cast because of how important these two lead characters are Yeah. to a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. to kids. Now, I agree with your point that Anna is a very, very difficult character to bring to life because she is your lead now i will say i have listened to the entire broadway soundtrack and all of the deleted songs i really like frozen yeah but not like me though not the way that you do and i also much prefer anna to elsa because you know i've got my own personal reasons yep, to that of one course. but we're very different on the spectrum of who we like yes. and i am very much on anna's side of everything in this film i get her but i understand why children prefer elsa and why you prefer elsa but your feelings aside kids prefer elsa because she's pretty and she can do magic and that's cool and anna's if you're Looking at them from the perspective of like a five-year-old, Anna's just here. Yes. Elsa can do the magic. She's the cool one. We get it. But if you are looking at this from a stage show perspective, there are maybe two scenes 
that Anna is not going to yes. be in, she has to carry this whole show. Right. And from that perspective, you need a phenomenal actor to play that role. Mm -hmm. But I think in terms of expectation of... In terms of the expectation of the legacy that you're picking up, and this is even like a long-term legacy, like uh, Fanny Bryce, for mm -hmm. instance, and everyone having an opinion of who should play Fanny Bryce. Yeah. Just in terms of this character that means so much to people... Mm -hmm. And having to follow a powerhouse like Adina Menzel, Elsa feels like, yes, it's it's a less active role on stage because not going to be in as much. Yeah. However, in terms of the expectations, more kids are going to be going to want to see Elsa. And you, you need to have two very strong actors for Elsa and Anna. Mm -hmm. For different reasons. But like even the board, we've passed it walking through London to see Cinderella and other shows. It's Elsa's silhouette on the poster. So it's it's a very difficult one, isn't it? Like we know our main character is Anna. She's the heart of this story. It's her, her view of the world that we follow. Mm -hmm. But the pressure of taking on the role of Elsa is just intimidating, isn't it? Yeah. Especially because all anyone can compare you to is an animated character in a film, mm -hmm. which is difficult enough to try and emulate. Yeah. So I'm very excited, but I'm also, I am, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. It's understandable. Yeah, because these are characters I love, and I think it's the first time that we've done this on the podcast where... I go see a show where there are characters I love. Yeah. You know, we've obviously done ones where we're comparing different ones. Like we, I loved the last five years as a film, but then we went and we saw it live and that was very different. But this is a show uh, that has such a personal meaning. Mm. Do you want to try to guess how it did at the Tony Awards? I think it might have got like best costumes, maybe like best set design i don't see it winning best show i don't know what it's up against i feel like it came out same time as come from away which i feel no. swept okay it came out at the same time as the band's visit as the what the band's visit no idea what which you're confusing with come from away because okay. they have quite similar at poster designs yeah. or playbill designs depending what you've seen i don't think frozen's gonna win what was so the, the nominations for Best Musical that yeah. year were Frozen, Mean Girls, Spongebob, and The Band's Visit. And right. The Band's Visit won. Yeah. Now, the controversy of this is that three of these things are based on children's movies. And one of them is based on a story that is real that is aimed at adults. And of course it was going to do better. Yeah, it's considered more highbrow. Yeah. People complained a lot this year because it's 2018. People were complaining about how, oh, well, there's nothing new anymore. Nobody comes up with their own stories. Which I agree with. Yeah. You know, I, I do want more original musicals. Mm -hmm. However, I feel like Disney theatrical is different. You know that Disney are going to turn their properties that are already musicals into this. And they know they're going to make a profit off of it already. But the difference is when you have like films like Mean Girls, like Heathers, like Back to the Future, mm -hmm. 
that's where I feel this problem comes from. Same with Beetlejuice. Yeah. That people are... The, the market is getting oversaturated. Mm. And I'm not going to be a hypocrite because I love some of these properties. You know, Waitress. School of Rock. School of Rock. I love I love them. We're going to talk about Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Obviously, that, again, is I don't think that counts as Disney theatrical in quite the same way because of how long it's taken. But I can completely get on board with people being like, why are three of your big shows like pre-existing properties? Why are we not celebrating mm-hmm. more unique? Why are we encouraging this trend? Yeah. But in the same way, what did we talk about recently where there was a real like, this should have got more at the Tonys but didn't because of its viewpoint as it being for children? Like, who's to say what is high art and what isn't high art? Why can't mm. something for a family-friendly audience be considered life-changing and life-affirming. Look at Shrek. There's such an important message there for adults and children. Yeah. And are we just going to dismiss Shrek because it's for kids? Yeah. Well, Frozen was nominated for Best Musical, Best Book of a Musical for Jennifer Lee, and Best Original Score. That it, that it. That's it. Wow. And it won nothing. Probably as a statement against Disney. Because didn't Newsies sweep... Mm. But Newsies then, did very well. But then something didn't, and there was a lot of allegations about, like, well, this is Disney for you. Like, Disney bought the Tony. The whole thing of who you can pay for, isn't yeah. it? But the band's visit swept this. I've never even heard of that. It's very, very good. There isn't a film, so far as I'm aware. But this is the same year as, like, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And that swept as well. That did pretty well. But then, so, you had those four for musicals but then revivals you had once on this island carousel and my fair lady which are all considered classics so they also did really well and you're looking at them going why do we get these really great classics but why is there nothing good that's new Mm. yeah but then if you even if you look at best performance by an actress in a musical you've got the winner was katrina lenk from the band's visit but then the rest of the nominations are My Fair Lady, Once on This Island, the Donna Summer Musical, Mean Girls and Carousel. Well, the Donna Summer Musical didn't get nominated for Best Musical. Yeah, and can we really say that Frozen should be nominated for Best Musical if neither of its leads are represented? Mm. Arguably, Anna should be the one that gets a nomination there because it's her story more than anything else. Yeah. <sighs> I like talking to you about the Tonys, but obviously it's the same as the Oscars and it's the same as like critical reviews is it comes down to personal opinion at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, um, some people skip this episode, I'm sure, cause they have no interest in Frozen. They didn't like the film. It wasn't for them. And that's fine. Yep. You know, variety is the spice of life. Um, but if you look at this year, the most nominations for musicals were Mean Girls and Spongebob. They were both nominated for 12 wow. categories. Mean Girls won nothing. SpongeBob won one thing. And then The Band's Visit was nominated for 11 categories and won 10. Jeez. It's a very, very good musical. Yeah. But this was considered a big deal because how can you have four musicals in this category and have three of them win basically nothing? Mm. In any of the other categories. How can they be up for best musical if they're not going to win in any of these other categories? Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. The whole thing. I've talked for long enough about the Tony Awards now. (laughs) Well, I know we've got a phenomenal cast with this one. Yep. Samantha Barks. Mm -hmm. 
I love her as Eponine. I think she was fantastic. One of the best bits about the Lame is musical. I thought she was very good as Nancy. I actually saw her in yes. Oliver. Uh, and and for me, I'm I know she had a very successful career anyway, but it's the same thing. It's like when you see somebody who starts from a reality TV show background, you always feel, especially if you liked them, you feel mm-hmm. really proud when you see them doing well. And seeing her successful makes me very happy because yeah. I think she's a phenomenal talent. Um, I can't say I know any of the other cast. So we have... But I do know that Carrie Hope Fletcher's boyfriend plays Hans. Oliver Ormson, who is a phenomenal actor in his own right. Yes, yeah, yeah. I don't want to just pigeonhole him as... I, I, I don't know his name. I'm sure I will after this, but... Oliver Ormson was in Back to the Future, the musical. Up He's in been Manchester, in yes. High Fidelity, which was very good. He was in Cats at Kilworth House, cool. which was really good. It was a really interesting take on yes. Cats. He was in the Adams Family Tour. He has been in the Book of Mormon. Is that where he met Carrie Hope Fletcher? Were they both in Adams Family together? Yeah, they played against each other. Cool. It's a whole thing. <laughs> he was in the Book of Mormon and he tells great stories on YouTube about being in the Book of Mormon and what that's like. Who was he in Book of Mormon? He was, I believe, the understudy Elder Price. Cool. Because one of the stories that he tells is about a time that is the opening of Act 2, Spooky Mormon Hell Dream. Yes. Yeah, so he comes on stage in front of the drop curtain and he sings the opening of it and then he turns around to sing the last line of that little opening verse before the curtain drops. And nothing drops. And nothing happens. <sighs> And he stands there and then he looks up and the stage manager is like, no, we're just going to stop and you're going to come out again. and do it again in a bit. So he turns around to the audience, bows and walks off. <laughs> and apparently everyone ripped into him backstage and was like, why did you bow? In fact, but you know what? The it's perfect great. show that you can do that with. Oh, sure. Yeah. Cool. We are going to have Obiyama Ugola as Kristoff who has been in a lot of Shakespeare, actually, but also in the TV series Britannia. He was in the movie of Beauty and the Beast. Nice. Yep, very exciting. Uh, has also been in The Jungle Book, Antony and Cleopatra, he, and Motown at the Shaftesbury Theatre, which was great. We will also have Stephanie McKeon as Anna. She is a phenomenal actress. She's Irish. She was in... The Cow King musical, she was in Cinderella, she was in... The Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah, I was going to say, not the one we've just no. seen. The Commitments she was in. She's been in a lot of musicals, but also she's a voice actress. She was in Neon Genesis Evangelion. Cool. I think that's how you pronounce that. All the uh, anime fans are going to be laughing at me, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. And then Craig Gallivan as Olaf, and he is hilarious. He was in School of Rock and Billy Elliot. And Joseph. Yes. And I believe in Torchwood as well. Season two, yeah. Although I have no idea who he was in Torchwood. I don't recognise him. No, because I recognise the name. I think he's one of the Deweys I have seen when I was in School of Rock. Hmm. And we'll be talking School of Rock in about a month or so. Now we are also going to have the wonderful Minai K as Baby Elsa. Cool. And, and, and presumably we don't know who the baby is. Anna will be. No, because there's a lot more of them than there are young Elsas. There's three young Elsas and then six young Annas. That's interesting. Well, I'm sure we can talk... She must do more. Maybe. Who knows? It's going to be great. I think things I'm excited to see before we wrap this up and we go to the theatre. Yep. Because we're going to Drury Lane and I love Drury Lane. I can't wait to see Let It Go. Yep. 
I want to see how that's done. I want to see the transformation in person. I'm excited to see how they do Elsa's snow powers. I think that's going to be very, very interesting. Yes. I want to see what they add to the show. Mm -hmm. Frozen has lacked a definitive closing number. Yeah. I have often felt that Let It Go, but are more optimistic as opposed to I'm going to be by myself. Song, turning it into a we're together, like we can let it go together. Yeah, basically, Fixer Upper cannot be the last song yeah. in the musical. And I, it isn't, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But I've often said that you could have ended Frozen with a happier Let It Go. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what happens there. I want to see... I've seen Olaf Puppet. Great. Love Olaf Puppet. It will haunt my dreams if it breaks, but... I, I can't wait for you to see Sven. That is what I'm excited to see. Is I cannot wait to see Sven. Sven is one of those really interesting puppets that I know a lot about technologically. I don't actually know how it's I haven't seen magic. a whole lot. He's just he just is a reindeer. And you know, just going back to Drury Lane, like I love that theatre. I have mm-hmm. seen Lord of the Rings the musical there. I have seen Matilda, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's a phenomenal theatre. We talked about it last week with Miss Saigon. It is historic and I know it's gone through a big refurbishment for this show. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very excited. Um, I think, yeah, before we go, my biggest concern is, am I going to like the new songs? Am I going to like the depiction of Elsa and Anna? Yep. And am I going to enjoy the vibe of it overall? Is this going to be, like, just Frozen, as opposed to trying to make it more pantomime? That's my biggest concern going into this. Yeah. But I can't wait. Me either. Anything you're concerned by before we go and see this? I've seen I've seen a couple of things already for this. Like some specific things that I'm not going to mention yet. We can talk about it when we get to them afterwards, but like changes that have been made because these are human actors yeah. playing these characters, which is going to be interesting. And the other thing that I know that they're going to do is having elements of the deleted songs from the yeah. movie in the new songs. So I love stuff like that because I cared about the deleted songs before I yeah. ever cared about Frozen. I want to know as well. We'll keep going, unfortunately. <laughs> Will there be Frozen 2 references? I shouldn't think so. No, but you know what I mean? Like, enough. Like, The Lion King, when I've seen it, you've had Zazu singing Let It Go. And mm. Scar saying, no, no, anything but that. Now, I hate that. I like that. I take severe issue with that. Because the only character in a Disney musical that should be able to do that is the genie. genie. Yep, that's and fun. he does it once, and that's kind of it. Well, he does a, Yeah, he does it with doing Friend Like Me, doesn't yeah. he? So, there is no reason why Zazu knows Let It Go. No, however... I would quite like to see maybe the odd Frozen 2 reference. If we get a, oh, I'd be quite happy if mm. that was it. Um, that'd be quite fun for me. Yeah. But I am looking forward to being in a theatre, going to see a show, going to see a show on opening night. Yep. Will be really fun and seeing how, how it goes. I'm really excited. Do you want to build a snowman? No. Okay. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.
the most amazing magical time oh. i i did certainly i don't know i was know gonna about say you. unscathed <laughs> <laughs> we did come back very unscathed yeah because it was just incredible it really was it was an experience i think the thing is i keep saying this to you obviously i'm an adult and i loved it and that's what matters but i can just imagine being a child who loves these characters mm. and going to see this like I think the closest comparison would be like going to see Father Christmas and going to see the Father Christmas, you know, and like that moment where you are absorbed in that world and everything is real. It was so fantastically done from the casting to the choreography uh, to the direction, the sets, just everything about it. Yeah. And the additions as well, you know, I, I couldn't see any child or anyone coming out of that experience and not feeling like they'd done the world justice. Yeah, I will say it's really, like, I had a great time. It's really cleverly managed, yeah. I will say, because just from a the film perspective, changing this into a musical was always going to be really really difficult yeah because adding anything new to a property that is as beloved as this is is always going to cause problems because you know eventually you're going to upset somebody by adding new stuff in yeah and yeah look at what happened to star wars and look at frozen 2 you know they added the stuff in about the north older and people were really upset about it understandably yeah but they did a really good job of making sure that the things that they added to this only felt like things that were already in that universe. Or certainly should have been, and you've now got the blessing of time to make it happen. Yeah. You know, we do get a 
extravagant, amazing finale mm. that should have always been there. And the fact it wasn't, I feel like I could look back on this version more fondly almost as the definitive Frozen experience. It hasn't taken away my love of Frozen the film. Your true love. <laughs> but like, I feel like, yeah, Frozen the movie is me being tricked into thinking that Hans is my true love. And Hans then is my true love. <laughs> Frozen the musical is actually Kristoff that's staring me there right in the face. You know, and it's almost a shame that the animated version came first and we won't get this version as a live action, you know, because it does feel so definitive and it's so well written. It does add some really nice developments. I really hope that Disney film this and release it on Disney Disney Plus. Plus, like Hamilton. This, yeah, this needs to be. Which I will say... The best conversation I overheard in the theatre was some people that were sat behind us were talking about how they should film this and put it on Disney Plus, like Hamilton. And the woman behind me said, oh, I didn't know Hamilton was a Disney musical. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, don't turn around, don't turn around. (laughs) Yeah, Disney, considering how our Hamilton's done and obviously the the fact that there's rumours that Disney are obviously trying to expand their pro shot division when you've got oh, yeah. a, a Disney given like this are really trying to expand at the moment and yes please film the thing yeah well charge for it i'd pay it's the one thing i'd pay premium price for right i wouldn't pay to watch cruella or mulan but if they put frozen pro shot on there and were like it's 15 pounds i'd be like okay hey imagine frozen pro shot Hunchback Pro Shot, all these different shows they've got licenses for, for, right? I just love this so much. And Drury Lane looked amazing. Like going into that theatre, you could see where the investment in, you know, the facilities have been to to renovate it. The stage looks magnificent. Mm -hmm. As you go into the stage space, you're greeted by the most beautiful like digital safety curtain, right? I've, we, we talked about this in the theatre. It's like we, we get a lot of digital backdrops, but I've not seen a digital safety curtain before. Yeah. And it was just it was just incredible. And I loved it. You have like Arendelle by night with like the swirls of the northern lights, the aurora borealis. People were dressed up. It was packed. People were dressed up. They were like... Not even little kids, like full-on cosplayers yeah. were there. It was amazing. You, it was very cool. You felt like you were part of something special, I think, on mm-hmm. that night. And then, just as everything's about to start, the director comes out. And the director is Michael Grandage. Mm-hmm. And he comes out and he's talking about how amazing it is to be part of this experience. You know, thanking you that we're going to see some amazing talent come out and to be part of the opening up of theatre. I think there were three or four different, like... Ovations during that speech. Yeah. And it was just incredible. Well, he talked about how important it is to have people back in theatres now and how much it means to them and how long we've waited. Yeah. Like, as an audience, how long we've waited to see this because he made a joke about how many times have our tickets been pushed back now. Yeah. Which is true. But he just seemed utterly thrilled to be there. He did. You, before. 
starting, it didn't feel like one of those opening up speeches that's generic. You felt his passion for this project, I think. You know, you felt like he was excited to be sharing this work with us and it mm. set the tone really well it wasn't one of those like oh and yes finally you're going to watch frozen it you felt the enthusiasm in his voice yeah and there was a huge cheer when the lights went down we heard the overture start mm-hmm. and the digital backdrop goes from being nighttime to daytime at arendelle and i said like i really wanted to see this something happen with it when it started i'm so glad they used it now <laughs> go for it this is just me, but I, I, I didn't like that. Okay. And it, this is, it's one of those weird things that I've never liked and I've seen other musicals do it and I've seen films do it before. Yeah. Where you have an animated image to start with and then you zoom in on that and like it takes you to the place where this film is set and then it's real people and I don't care for it. Either try and get some footage of the real landscape and CGI the castle in and use that, make it look realistic. But this didn't zoom in. No, I know, but I still didn't like it. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was nice to come into, you know, the fact you're walking into the world, I think is really interesting. Yeah, I understand it. I just, it's not for me. Yeah, and that's absolutely fair. I think the overture is incredible. Mm -hmm. I think it's really triumphant. It's the way to get the, you know, the, the Frozen song. In. We're not going to have the ice song, which is easy. Oh, the like, frozen heart yeah. song, yeah. But we're going to have the na, 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 hey, na, na, which I, I like that bit. And that's enough just to have that bit in. And it starts with baby Anna and baby Elsa. And the first thing you hear... Do you want to build a snowman? <sighs> I will say, the, the kid, both of the kids were fantastic. Yeah. But the kid that is playing baby Anna I don't know which one she was because when we looked at the program all of them are in there as they should be yes but she was one of the best actresses Mm. in this show she was amazing and she's one of the best kid actors I've ever seen in anything I I agree completely and I think as a way to start this show Mm -hmm. having I think like god there's so much in this this is how the film opens right it you doesn't have the start... ice thing and then... Yeah, that's what I mean. But it doesn't. It starts with Frozen Heart, doesn't it? You know, the, yeah, the but ice, ice... Ignoring that, it starts with, do you want to build a snowman? It builds to it. It doesn't start with the song of it. Oh. Maybe my brain just skips over everything. Because you don't that. hear the song version of do you want to build a snowman or it's sung at all until the do you want to build... Oh, until after she's been frozen. Yeah. God, that's it. That so, takes a long time. I think... God, I don't want to say iconic... And undermine it. But I do think Frozen is something that, like, is iconic. And you've got, like, Let It Go being, you know, this really important pop culture song. But I also think just the phrase of, do you want to build a snowman, is. And to have, like, that be the first thing you hear any performer say Mm. with that melody was fantastic. And I, I really liked the opening of Let the Sun Shine On. This is so cute. I love this song. I Right, so I had not heard any of the new songs. I had heard all of them. I know. One of the things that instantly struck me about this song is that the melody at times has the Let It Go riff. You know, instead of Let The Storm Rage On, we've got Let The Sun Shine On. 
which mm. I love. I love the idea that musically they've taken a song that is so well recognised and built a lot of different songs in this around that idea. Yeah. And, yeah, the chemistry between these children is amazing. Yeah, they're so great. I love the reuse of Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Because obviously we have Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Come on, let's go and play. Yeah. But then it changes, followed yeah. by Elsa being like, I could cover this whole place in snow. I'm not supposed to, though. <laughs> and Baby Anna being like, I yeah. can't do what you do. <laughs> Just do it anyway. Yeah. The, li- the lyrics are really good as well. Like, it does feel instantly this mm-hmm. song be- belongs in Frozen. Yeah. And then we have our narration section of Let the Sun Shine On. This is the point at which I started to re- remember because I listened to the soundtrack when the Broadway version opened yeah. and then sort of not again since except for a couple of songs that went onto my playlist. This song and Colder by the Minute yeah. really sound like Alan Menken, Hunchback of Notre Dame songs. Yeah. So this, where you've got the entire chorus singing us the narration, mm. really reminds me of a song from Hunchback. But I love it. And while they're narrating, they're also all dancing around a maypole. Yes. Which is interesting. And what I really like about this sequence and the song is showing us what Arundel is like pre that that night we don't have this in the film the film starts on we have no basis for what the world used to be like and i like that we show everything is bright that you know we have this really happy family and then things will go downhill because Mm -hmm. of the kind of fear so it's really nice to see what arendelle used to be like so Elsa was a special child. Yes. (laughs) I laughed, but I smiled. You know, like, I just felt so absorbed in this. I felt like I was part Mm. of Arendelle. Did you you catch... There's a a line in this song that threw me off and made me sit there and think about how terrifying it would be to have a baby that can freeze stuff oh god yeah because her the line is from her first frozen tear her magic filled her parents hearts with so much love and fear she what was she freezing as a baby was she crying ice tears oh yeah because especially she can't control it you know all these emotions bring out imagine what you like at everything because they can't communicate so was she crying and her tears were turning to ice that's really scary <laughs> but one of the things i also really like about this song is it captures the duality of elsa and anna perfectly so yes so, some things we just can't do in public like, like run, run naked in, in the breeze, breeze. <laughs> i love that that's an anna line for those of you who are uninitiated mm. you do you have this brilliant bit where there's a healthy kind of what she's like yeah like a fear of elsa and the sense of responsibility with Elsa, but also the freedom of honour. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that bit. Um, yeah, it was just fantastic. And, and the, the bit where the children are playing in the background, you have the once there was a family with secrets to keep. And like talking about how respect for the crown runs deep. And then you just Please have... my butt. Yes. I love that. And I said this to you, and obviously I don't want to get too much into gender politics, but... I love the humour that they have with Anna here. Because 
This isn't this the... the kind of thing you would generally have a little boy yes. say in a lot of Disney movies. Right. You know, this is a boy joke. Yes, like... exactly. And it's nice to see that girls can make jokes about their, you know, like their their bodies and nudity. You know, like mm-hmm. usually that would be a very gender joke that the boys would say, and the girls would be like, "Ew!" And it's nice. Yeah, you know, like there is no none of that sugar and spice and whatever. This is just. Children are children. Yeah. I really liked that. We also, in this song, I'm going to talk about this a lot as we go through this, because as I said in our uh, intro, I was obsessed with the deleted songs from Frozen and what Frozen could have been if we'd have gone with the original plot. I like what it is now, but I, I just find it interesting. In the same way as like Rapunzel, if you look up what Rapunzel would have been like. Well, they changed the name as well, didn't they, to appeal to all audiences so it didn't just seem like a princess story was the same as brave was the bear and the bow yeah which is a way better name but you know (laughs) brave it and they do it to appeal to a wider gendered audience but you know but in this song we get a little bit of music from we know better which is one of the deleted songs from the original film it was going to be the opening song which is about how Anna and Elsa live in the palace when other people know about Elsa's powers. So they have a governess or a tutor or something like that. And Elsa freezes her tea to annoy her and like will freeze her to the chair so that she doesn't have to do lessons. I understand why they didn't use it because it affects the plot. But this part where they sing together and they do the one, two, Two, three three together, together. snap together, clap together. And it's great. Because you see how close they are. They have this little dance that yeah, they do together. Yeah, and I think that is something that in, in hindsight you get a little bit of it in the film, but not enough. You don't understand in the film how close they were. Yeah, and you do a really good job here at showing how important they are together. Because you have got the book ending in this film. is You've got them really close, mm-hmm. really distant, ultimately really close, perhaps closer than ever. Yeah. But that really nice... Also, the entire time that Anna and Elsa are together as children, Elsa has complete control over her powers because she's not afraid of them. No, but isn't because it interesting Anna as well? Afraid of them. But isn't it also interesting that what the the, the 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 act that almost makes Elsa scared, where she realizes because she does, she's like, I'm not supposed to. It's not because of fear. It's just, oh, I'll get told off. The thing that makes her scared, the rising action, is injuring Anna. Mm. like you know that i think is interesting but this is a fantastic opening song yep sets the world brilliantly and we go into a little bit of you which i guess is a good point to move on to because we're talking about the closeness of anna and elsa Mm -hmm. and in this song they build olaf and we learn that actually in term in making the snowman in building olaf he takes part of elsa he takes part of anna and I, I really liked this song. I love the way they build a cute little Olaf out of these props. It's not meant to look oh. like a snowman, but it was and just great. This is another one of those things that made me think that this the actor playing Aunt Baby Anna was one of the best actresses in this. Yeah. Because the, the little Olaf they build, they use the Pixar ball for his butt, then a drum for his body, and then... I can't remember what his head was. Something for his head and then two little sticks for arms. And it's really cute, but it isn't Olaf, but it is. Yeah. And it's great. 
but because it was opening night what happened was the little girl playing Elsa put the body on and it obviously you put it in and then you turn it and it obviously clicks into place yeah it didn't click into place and his body fell off and the audience actually kind of laughed and it was thrown off like it was supposed to happen yeah and a big part of that is well, the way the actor playing Anna just carried on, put it back on and moved on with it. Yeah, she finished her line, picked it up and clicked it back into place. And I was like, that's really cool yeah, that I she like, did that. I, I'm fully aware things happen on stage and obviously not everything can be perfect. I teach mm-hmm. drama. I, I, I've staged shows. I know full well what can happen. But the professionalism as well, just carrying on, like it, it, in a way that it would look like it was supposed to happen. You know, like, again, the sisters pick up each other when they're weak. Like, mm-hmm. it looked organic. It looked like it was supposed to happen. My favourite line in this song. No, time for more magic, please and thank you. We've been watching a lot of Parks and Recreation. Drew and has grown to love Ron Swanson. Please and thank you. Please yeah. Thank you. I like this bit again, you know. Um, he's a little bit of you, a little bit of me, a big round belly. A big bouncy butt. Yep. Uh, I, I really liked this sequence. And, you know, when we get the reveal of the powers as well, the way the powers are done with the lighting and I, I think there's fans on stage that float, throw things yeah, up. Yeah, she has to be... So Elsa, baby Elsa, has a pocket in her dress that has... I don't know what it actually is. I think it's tissue paper cut yeah. into little circles. But it's snow, you know, in her pocket. And so she'll pull it out in her hand and then she has to be stood in the right place. Yeah. So she'll sprinkle it into the air and it comes out yeah. like snow. It's very clever. It was very clever and it looked great. And the song picks up, the pace of the song increases as Elsa is doing more magic on the beds. Mm. This is so amazing. More, yeah. more, more. <laughs> yeah. And it obviously culminates. Yeah, so we have another difference to the film is that Elsa is trying in the film is trying to keep up with Anna. Yeah. In this, Elsa doesn't realise that Anna's in the way. Yeah. She's just so consumed with her but power. Like completely and having... more of an action. Yeah, again, like she doesn't realise her power could be dangerous, you mm. know, and the the way like the icicles come out of the bed and Oh, that actually made me jump. Yeah. It's very right? good. It was fantastic. But again, I think a big part of that is the pacing of this song that it culminates naturally. So you have the orchestration, the singing, and the visual, and mm. just the stop. It works so well. And yeah, we obviously go into the parents coming and and call to action. We need some help because she's freezing cold. And this is the one almost critique. I'm not even going to criticise it because it's not anyone's fault. It's a sightlines thing. I could see the ensemble in the background creeping up, ready to take their places. covered those windows with something but then you need them for the next well, it's bit. also like the weird eyes they have is there a way to turn them off or turn no, them I on don't think there is. so i could see things which i don't mind i like the sense that something forebodings happen it's like the watcher in you know what if only shows up for pivotal moments like life-changing moments almost like they've shown up knowing that this is going to be a important moment mm. but it is the sight lens it's the one bit i kind of felt like the sight lines are off yeah, yeah you... that didn't bother me at all. No, I was busy being like, oh, yeah, they're not trolls in this version. Yes. That is my favourite thing they could have done to this because I hate the trolls. Right. If there is one thing... Right. When I first saw Frozen, I hated Olaf. 
Mm -hmm. But you liked him more for Frozen 2. Right. And because of Frozen 2, and because he's an amazing puppet in this show, I'm okay with him. And that's fine. But the trolls are so ugly. What were they hoping to get out of that? The trolls look... It's the first thing in a Disney movie, a, a modern Disney movie that I've ever looked at and been like, you can't merchandise that. Because everything in Frozen is merchandisable. They sell dolls of Hans because when you're a kid and you're playing Frozen with your Frozen dolls, you've got to have the bad guy doll. It's the same as if you look at like, I know know way too much about doll merchandising, but if you look at Monster High, the reason why all the Monster High characters have personalities, despite the fact that everything we know about them is in like, little mini online episodes is on the box it says this doll is the mean girl of the school and so if you're playing with the two the like sporty girl and the study girl you've got to have the mean girl doll so that you can create conflict in your little doll game i'm not buying the trolls no (laughs) they're not cute no, and I feel like they're trying too much to be like relics of bygone Disney eras that don't necessarily translate to the 3D animation. No. Maybe, I think the 2D illustrations, like the 2D illustration for Frozen anyway is great. Like the little 2D cut no, picture books. I don't books. really like them in the 2D But they're, they're marginally better. Yeah, so in the stage show, they're referred to as the hidden folk. Cool. Which I'm more okay with. They're obviously this fictional group of, human-ish they're like elves basically yeah. they're elves they're like norwegian well it's like yeah and, and, and they talk about how they they love children and sometimes raise a few it's almost like they look after the the lost children as well like that. in which case they're fairies yeah that exactly they're quite fae-like but it's nice that in their like fayness you're not sure what they are but you know they're not human and they're yeah. just there's just something slightly off about them which is true about fairies too yeah so i'm good with that I love that they will have the little glowy rocks all over them, call back to the trolls. And I love that if you are a child who's obsessed with Frozen, you look at that and think, oh, it's the trolls. You don't need to be told that. But as an adult, they don't say the word troll and they're not like the ones in the film. No, and the the costume design for them is fantastic as well. It's one of those things, so much in this show, like I said, I was woke to come across pantomime, and there's so much in this show, like costume-wise or set design, that done wrong could have it doesn't Mm. you feel like you are part of a world that exists yeah you know the set design is great like the bedroom looks like arendelle the the corridors we see look like arendelle you know and they look like these characters that could exist in the world yeah the hidden folk which is like a fairy name anyway yeah so queen iduna and king agnar because they have names and they have to have names for this to work yep they come in and grab baby Anna. The king is holding baby Anna. And they're like, quick, send the servants away. We need to call for help. So they send the servants out of the room. And the queen is wearing the Elsa gloves. Yes. And she has to take them off to summon the hidden folk. Yeah. So I was watching this like, explain this to me. Why <laughs> does she need her hands through for this? What kind of magic can mum do? Yeah. Because that makes me way more interested. So she does the little call to them. Which you had shown me a clip of from like Broadway. Oh, yeah, ages ago. Ages ago, where they did the oh, and it must have just oh. been a one-off. Yeah, no. So that I believe that was the 
the Disney stage show, but pre this. It wasn't Frozen the musical. Yeah. It was Frozen Live or something okay. like that. But I quite liked that at this moment. I think as a as a reference, that would have been fun. But I also yeah, understand why I'd they like didn't. That they have their own call. They have yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. to do with the rest of the nonsense that showed up in Frozen Two. Yeah. But <laughs> I, have, I have so many questions about the magic world building behind all of this and these guys i can yeah. really get on board yeah. with so she calls them and he's still called grand pubby yeah which is fine oh and he shows up with lady grand pubby yeah. whose name is boulder which is just boulder <laughs> but you know that's fine i'm pretty sure she's called that in the film as well though possibly they they they're trolls so in the film they just they kept the names. names it's fine but when they arrive Grand Pabby is like, how does a human know our call? And the queen is like, oh, I'm Nothaldra. She says, oh, I'm Nothaldra. And Bold is like, and now you're the queen? Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such a good line. It is. I was like, oh, man, that's the best weird little reference to Frozen 2 that I can get on board with. Yeah. The hidden folk do what they do in the film. They draw out the, the magic and they say, luckily... It's the head. The head can be convinced where the heart can't. Mm -hmm. But uh, she's going to lose all memory of magic. And Elsa doesn't question that in this one. No. She does in the film. Yeah. And I like that. They obviously leave. They've done their job. They've saved Anna. Boulder says, as they're leaving, she says the line about, like, hey, you should come see us again to Elsa. Yeah. We love children. And then she turns to the queen and is like, we've even kept a few of our own. And then she walks off. And obviously that's a reference to the fact that she kidnapped Kristoff. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing is obviously we never know what happened with Kristoff anyway. And in the film, it's referred to like, oh, come here, you cutie. But we don't see. <laughs> I'm going to keep you. Yeah. We don't see any of that here, which fine, doesn't matter. I don't think we need to have Kristoff's origin explored. No. He just needs to show up and be this mysterious figure that helps. Yeah, fine. Cute. And, you know... Uh, there is no expectation that you would take your kid to see this show having not seen the film first. Yeah. Because it's one of those that all of the stuff they've added in only makes sense if you've seen the film. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. It's not like the the Beauty and the Beast movie where I'm like, they, this could be... You know, they made the new Beauty and the Beast. Yes. That film only works if you've seen the original one. It doesn't make any sense okay. otherwise. There's too much stuff that needs explaining to you if you haven't seen the original film. It's like watching Harry Potter without reading the books. Yeah, I don't know. One of my friends is currently, he's never seen Harry Potter before. He's currently watching all of them. And he texts me like once a week and is like, I have a list of questions <laughs> to do with this. Because once you get past the fourth movie, none of the films make sense unless you've read the books. I don't know. My brothers could make sense to them and they hadn't read the books. They read the books having seen them. He's watching them from like a a deep law perspective like mm, me where fine. he's like this doesn't make any sense why can they yeah. do this thing i can't say i didn't notice that about beauty and the beast remake but then I i've only watched everything. it once <laughs> so we go into do you want to build a snowman and mm -hmm. this is so cute oh we see them kick all the staff out yep so we explain that you know everything is uh getting locked down and I assume there's not even like a reduced staff. It is just the king, the queen, Elsa and Anna. Yeah. So we have the opening beats. We have Anna shop and there's a door. And it's, it's brilliant. We just have a and huge it, door. Huge great. door. And what I like is that she sings into the door, even if that means turning the back to us. 
I like that. Yeah, I don't well, like... we're on a West End stage. The microphone's not going to hear any less for turning but, away. No, from but no, what I mean is like I like that instead of like singing out to the audience that musicals can sometimes be guilty of. Mm. I like that she is performing it to the door as well. It's just really cute. I love the parent interludes. They're done really, really well here where they come out and they're like, conceal, don't feel. My favourite bit in this... <laughs> right, I have two favourite bits. One because of the feels. One because of the laughs. For the oh, second... Okay, I was trying to think about what you're talking about, but I know what you're going to say. So, for the second bit where she comes out, you know, to ride bikes around the hall. Yeah, in the film, she's on an actual bicycle. <laughs> on this version. The bike is on a track or something. She's doing no pedalling. Yes, she it... is. Okay, well, it looked like she was on a track. No, she wasn't at all. I checked. So, I, that, I thought that as well. I was like, oh, is that on a track? And I looked, it's not. She for me, the funniest bit here was the fact that the bike she was on was like a Billy the Puppet trike from... Jigsaw. Mm. And it just made me laugh because it was like, you know, uh, Jigsaw Anna, do you want to play a snowman? You know, I just thought it was really, really funny. Yeah. It made me laugh. But, okay, so the bit with the parents, that interlude, I hate listening to this song. Oh, that bit in the film is super boring as right. well. There's but, nothing emotional about watching a boat sing. No, but even when you listen to the soundtrack of the film and you have... That moment, it's it's in its full length as if we're watching the film. It's not been cut down. It's boring, which mm-hmm. is a shame because I love this song. But here, it's shortened anyway because you get a bit of speech after the death. But the way they die, where like they're on scene, you see them rocking and then they're split. Seeing the human loss of life makes me care mm. and makes me feel so low and then we see baby Elsa and Anna with a bishop who says, you know, like, we're devastated to lose the king and queen. Oh, he says, until our young queen comes of age, yes. we are going to follow the king's laws. Yeah, he says, in the name of our king and queen lost at sea, Arendelle shall honour their ways until our young queen comes of age. May they rest in peace. And that's, A, a Way great there. explanation. Yeah. This isn't teenage Elsa who's two years off being queen. This is like Elsa, who is the same age. She's like 11. Yeah. At a push. But but it's the same actress. So you could believe. Yeah. It's the same Elsa. Like mm-hmm. no time This has all passed, happens very quickly. Right? So that is great. And then we go into the final bit where we have, for the first time, Stephanie McKeown mm-hmm. show up as Anna. And you get the silence and you get the slow broken part of do you want to build a snowman and as she leaves the door comes up and this is when we see samantha barks for the first time as elsa Mm. her silhouette with clearly you know a frost ravaged room yeah that's cool and you just hear her sing do you want to build a snowman and my heart breaks Mm. because in the film it's such a beautiful moment she's not ignoring anna she wants to be there and you know, like the film captures that moment really well. I was worried, how would the stage capture that? And to have her there, like she's the other side of the door, reaching out, wanting without to... the glove too. <sighs> I, I teared up. This I, is I... the first time we've ever been to a see a show where I'm not the one who cried all the way through. <laughs> I, 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 I will tell you every single time I cried because I, I cried so much at so many different points, both because it was just amazing and partly because of the personal relationship. There were some points where it was just, oh my god, this is spectacular. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and I turned like it was like the engagement of turning the sobbing into laughter because there's such joy in this. Mm-hmm. But at this point, there was no joy other than seeing this really magical moment on stage. Yeah. I mean, also, I did cry during this, but not at the same bits that you did. (laughs) Yeah. So we go straight from that into For the First Time in Forever. Mm. And really quick, I guess, costume change for Anna in multiple different parts of this. She's got to put her bed head wig on, which is great. Love that moment. And then she has a quick change on stage. I like... (laughs) Right. I tried to keep a track of how many different Anna wigs there were yeah. in this show, and there's got to be like fifteen. Yeah, there's minimum. Loads. There's Not loads. including baby Anna. I know, but one of the things I love here. So this is the first point that a song I love has been changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I love, I but I love, love the lyric changes. Lyrics. Yeah. So we have the window is open, so's that door. I didn't know they did that anymore, and there's two nice ladies help. Me get dressed. I love that line. I love that That's, line. Again, just so world building. Yeah. Like she's never had an attendant before. It's that spectacle of like, this is a novelty. She's like, Coronation Day is just the best because this is special, because this is unique. Mm. This will never happen again. She's like, yes, I love everything about this. She gets changed. And oh, for the first I just time in really, I really like the idea. So the bishop is the one that's been running everything yes. in the interim and he's going to crown Elsa today and then she takes over. So he hired these people mm. and that's hilarious. Yeah. I bet Aunt Elsa was like, no, I don't need an attendant, please and thank you. <laughs> I just love again, straight away, you get the sense that Anna is this dorky girl mm-hmm. and Stephanie McCurran's, I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly, so apologies if I'm not. McKeon. McKeon. Stephanie McKeon's performance is just amazing. Like, you are so endeared to Anna right Mm -hmm. away. And very quickly, forget about Frozen, the film. The people you are seeing in front of you are these characters. Yeah. And, you know, the the bits like, don't know if I'm elated or gassy is great. You know, I want to stuff some chocolate in my face. Has the same kind of, I guess, endearing quality to it that the film has. Yeah. I'm not watching this going, oh, but she's not hitting the heights. I'm watching this just entranced. And the song builds beautifully as it does. We get Elsa's interlude. But the thing that I guess is most amazing about this moment is the bit where we get, it's agony to wait, tell the gods to open up the gates. And then we have the ensemble come through as the gates open. Mm. I started sobbing at this point yeah because it felt triumphant it felt amazing there was this beautiful yeah, energy this is really well done i've wa- i'd watched videos of this part before but this is it's so cleverly done because do you know what thinking about it in hindsight right the first time we meet Kristoff isn't fun no in the film and because people love this so much, they introduce in this scene, they have everybody run through the ensemble, but then they have Hans come on. Massive cheer. Massive cheer because we all know who he is. But He's gl- in the costume. Yeah. Then Christoph comes out with his ice cart. Massive cheer. And then Sven comes out. And this is so clever because 
everybody is going to cheer these characters when they come on yeah. in later scenes. And if you don't want them to do that, yeah. this is the best way to introduce them. But it really them. was. It's great. But also just the addition of the company singing for the first time in forever, we're no longer shut outside for the mm-hmm. first time in forever. The gates are open wide. And I just loved it. Like It felt like this really um, beautiful moment. Yeah. You know, you felt it. I guess from everyone's perspective, the celebration of this day, mm-hmm. how much this means to everyone, you felt it. I get, you know, it, it was just amazing. Yeah. And yeah, the fact that Sven gets the biggest cheer because the Sven costume is just incredible. Uh, it's like half puppet, half costume, and there is a phenomenally talented actor controlling this. But mm. it doesn't oh, look cheesy, so it doesn't look ridiculous. He looks real. Like, you forget that it's a person. You Mm. want to... It's like, um, you know, the horse in War Horse? Have you seen War Horse? You know, if you stare at it for long enough, you forget that it's a puppet. And it's the kind of thing... Like, I am lucky enough to have interacted with the horse and the goose. The goose is great. The goose is my favourite, but I, I aspire to have a War Horse goose. But... We had uh, a school trip when I was in uh, sixth form college, whatever you want to call it, and we got to interact with the horse with the puppeteers inside of it. Mm. So they were moving it like it was a horse and you forget that there's two guys controlling it and that actually it's Sven is a real reindeer. But the the, the thing (laughs) is, the biggest difference though in terms of war horse and... Sven is the fact that the warhorse puppy you can see the wicker you know it is like yeah yeah obviously and this but, but this is in terms of there is a costume design to make it look like Sven mm-hmm. as well and that's not to disparage that warhorse is, is any less special because warhorse is something incredible yeah and technically a musical because there's some singing but um Sven was just so and, and I think Sven is the right one to end this on actually like in terms yeah. of the reveals because this is a very cool reveal it's a very cool reveal I like the way this song ends with Hans and Anna bumping into each other and falling literally onto the ice. Mm-hmm. What a way to break the ice. Yeah. So, Elsa is never on stage with the flies completely gone until she sings Let It Go. Yeah. And I love that as yeah. a bit of design. But during this well, song, yeah. every time Anna is on stage, the flies are gone. And she's just in an open space. And every time it goes to Elsa, they come back in. So mm. she's in this really narrow, confined area. The claustrophobia of her anxiety. Yeah. and But from then on, every time she's on stage, that's around her, even when they're at the ball. Yeah. There's so many people and she's having to be so close to the front of the mm. stage because there's so many people yeah. there. It's really... It is really good design. It's really good design. I love the interaction with Kristoff mocking Anna and Hans. You know, oh, yeah, I uh, think that's fantastic. The uh, bump where they should fall into the boat? Is yeah. that what happens? Yeah. yeah, they fall into the boat. I haven't seen the film in a really long time. But they fall onto his ice cart and he's like, you know what people really like about drinks? is some nice, clean ice. Yeah. Get your hands off my ice. <laughs> you get a really good introduction to these three characters and especially Hans. Mm. Obviously, everyone going into that knows what's going to happen later on. Yeah. However, they don't play up. It's completely the same way that it would be for the first time you're seeing this this property. 
If you don't know what's coming, they're not playing it up. Hans isn't a pantomime villain. No, maybe it's Oliver Ormson, but this version of Hans comes across as just like a nice dude. He's such a dweeb, but I like it. Yeah. I just, I really do. And I love this song. This version of him plays way further into the Trolls theory than the film version of him does. Yeah. Do you, how do you feel about the Trolls theory? I don't know. I'm just saying, yeah, that is a question. Oh, so the Trolls theory is that we don't see Hans in the film do anything evil quote unquote because the trolls manipulate him until after the <gasps> trolls sing fixer upper oh my God. because the trolls sing get the fiance out of the way and the whole thing will be fixed and then he's evil so it's troll magic it's troll magic oh my god that's amazing right because hans is really nice before that he's just like a nice dude he's a bit of an idiot to be like in love with her immediately but we never see him do anything nefarious he never like, well, but that's the thing is actually is because him and Anna are two halves of a whole. Like they they're kind are, of perfect for each other. They finish each other's. I'm not saying sandwiches. You just said sandwiches. I can edit that. But there's the bit. This is the thing is like people look at Frozen, the movie. When you make an animated film, you can't put things in by accident. No. So if you know when he falls into the fjord. Yeah. Is that what we're calling it? River fjord thing. And he's under the boat and he lifts it up and then he smiles. A genuine, she's adorable smile. And it's kind of like, maybe I'm just a Hans apologist. But why edit that? Why animate that in? But I guess... You could have him right. look up and be like, evil smile. Right. I think the difference is, what you've got to remember is... The yes, reveal we... is the big reveal. No, no, no. I was going to say, yes, nothing's animated by accident. But how much was animated before they changed the second half completely? Well, that's true too. And they just kept this bit in and then were like, you know. I love the Trolls I theory. I like the Trolls theory. That's nearly up there with the Pixar theory that everything is interconnected. Yeah. But so this version of Hans, Oliver Ormson does a really good job of making him a big loser. Oh, yeah. And if you have He's not, not cool. listened to Hans of the Southern Isles, go and listen to mm-hmm. it. I love the bit where he's talking about his big brothers, a line of mean big brothers that goes on for miles. And the fact that you have the brothers, like, in a spotlight, but a faded spotlight. Oh, all of the men who are in the ensemble step forwards and they all pose, like, they're the brothers. There's only ten of them. But it's spotlight, but the spotlight is dimmed. You get the sense of, like, this... They're like trophy faded. case. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love or like it. a memory of what, or his, like in his head, what they his look like. His inadequacy, you know. You also get my other reference to one of the deleted songs, yep. which is that Anna says the line, oh no, I'm not that princess. Elsa's that princess. She's going to be the queen. She's the heir and I'm the spare, you know. Yeah. And then Hans is like, no, no, don't be embarrassed because I'm even more embarrassing to be. Yeah. That line the air and the spare is a song from the deleted version where anna is trying to figure out her own place in the world and i don't understand why they didn't use that song in the sequel yeah (laughs) because that's the plot of the sequel is anna trying to find out where she fits in she kind of you know that's why royal families have more than one kid yeah it's just in case just in case and she is the spare kid just in case like Oh, they they have this other thing in the deleted version where the plan is for Elsa to be the queen and Anna to be the ambassador for Arendelle. Yeah. 
and for her to go and visit other places. Mm -hmm. And she sings about that too. And it's like, is that what I should be doing? I do want to go and see the world, but I'd rather be here looking after my people. And Elsa's like, I don't want to do this. I'd rather be seeing the world. Yeah. But, you know, Here's where we seem I just love all these references. Yeah. Here's where we seem to get some deviation from the Broadway show. Mm. Because yes. we have, according to the Broadway show and according to the soundtrack, which we've been listening to on repeat since we saw Frozen, you have Queen Anointed going into Dangerous to Dream. Our programme for Frozen in London does not have Queen Anointed. It goes straight from Hans of the Southern Isles into Dare to Dream. However, they do sing they do. Queen Anointed. It's been put into... Um, one it's been put song. into one song now. I will say this. Queen Anointed is my skip song. If we're listening to it that way. If we're listening to it that way. But I will I will not say it's a skip song in the way this is presented with just Dare to Dream. Mm -hmm. Because Dare to Dream's great. I don't want to skip that. But Queen Anointed's a good song. I love... So El, uh, Anna's like, oh, I'm late for the coronation. Dashes off coronation. Coronation song. Queen Anointed as a coronation song is amazing. Mm -hmm. One of the things I complained about with Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella is how generic the wedding march sounds right? oh sure yeah and here they have written a coronation song for it mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like generic orchestration that you could have just found on youtube and added and like just a bit of orchestration it's a song in itself and it 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 does the job well on stage listening to it it's kind of dull but with the spectacle of everyone cheering her on as she comes out is great. The coronation looks fantastic. I really liked it. But Dangerous to Dream, in terms of the character building, yeah. all Elsa wants is to do this for Anna. And she starts to think, oh, I did this. Perhaps I'm okay. Perhaps I can start being around my sister again. Mm. And I think that's gorgeous. You know, Anna's like, okay, I'm lonely, but perhaps I'll meet a man and perhaps I'll be able to marry yeah, and find happiness that way. Elsa's sole priority is she just wants to be a sister again. And I just think that's so tragic and so beautiful. And I, I loved it. Oh. Dangerous to Dream is a, is a amazing song. Samantha Barks. Oh, so documented how great a singer she is. And we talked about how much we love her as Eponine. Yeah. I'm definitely seeing her as Elsa here again. Like, she feels like Elsa. Oh, yeah. I meant to say this when we were talking about First Time in Forever. But if you were a kid seeing this, you would be like, oh, that's them. Yeah. That is just them. It is. Because they sound like them. The only person... Everyone's doing very good accents, right? Yes. The only person whose accent was a little bit odd in places was Oliver Ormson as Hans. Yeah. But it didn't detract from no. the show at all. It's only because everybody else is doing a very similar American accent yeah. and he isn't. His is a different But what I area. like is that he's making the role his own as well. Like Yeah, but he's not from the same place as everyone else. Yeah, is, exactly. So, so it works. I, I really like this song. I think it's fantastic. You know, the bits where she's like, I know I'll see that the bit where she's like, I know I'll never see that sunny day when this trial is finally through and it could just be me and you. It's just so sad. Oh, I love that. She has a line where she says, so I retreat inside myself. Mm -hmm. And as she says that, everybody, she stood in the middle and everybody's coming in and bowing to her as the new queen. And she steps away to sing out to the audience, but they keep going as if she's still there. 
because that's where she is. This is yeah. inside her head. Really nice. It's really difficult to do that in shows to make it clear that that's what happen- is happening. And this is yeah. really well done. Well, this is it. It's a song of two halves. You've got the opening bit where she's like, um, it's dangerous just to be standing here. I wish I could tell you the truth. Show you who's behind that door. I wish you knew that all this pantomime and pageantry was for. But then after after she's been coronated, the joy she feels where she's like, I can't believe it. Did I make it through? I did it. Now what do I do? I can't I stop see smiling. smiling. Yeah. yeah. And and does this mean that things are different? Could they really change? Could I open up the door and finally see you face to face? The queen can change the rules. Except I can't. Yeah, mind. except I can't. And then she comes back. And it just, there's that moment of hope. And I just thought it was gorgeous. So... You know how sometimes you look at your notes and you're like, I have no idea what I meant by this. Yeah. I have one of those this time where I just wrote, the bishop is hilarious. <laughs> the bishop is hilarious. I like his at, the, Elsa's coronation is really nice, but the bishop is hilarious. I don't remember what he was doing, no. but I obviously thought he was great. I'm pretty certain this is the same guy who then goes on to be Oaken in it a is. minute. He's so good. He is. He is by far my MVP of this whole thing. We will talk about Oaken very, very shortly. <laughs> I really like just just the whole scene of the coronation, like the awkwardness where Elsa and Anna stand next to each other like strangers and it's like that small talk. Oh, she says hi. I always love that in a film too where she's when, like, hi. And Anna's like, me? Hi. Yeah, like, am I, I don't know. I'm quite close with my brother, but I yeah. cannot imagine being going in the same room as him and having to be like hi i know and like it does trying to get attention especially here considering we've seen them how close they were mm. and here we're seeing this them. is nice it's a nice it reminder so lovely i i really like this bit and they're just slowly laughing with each other then the duke shows up and he oh was fantastic he's so great he, he is. sucks <laughs> oh he's such a misogynist <laughs> This is something they decided to add, but, <laughs> but I love it. Right, so here's why I think they've done it. He's they not are, the villain. He's not the villain, but they're trying to, they're baiting the audience like he is the villain. Mm-hmm. Like, again, if you are that one person who never saw Frozen, it makes the Hans reveal better. Well, this is you're the wi- thing too. Disney really know who their audience are. Yeah. They know that statistically Frozen sells better to a female audience than a male audience and they think that based on those statistics mums will take their daughters to see this show well how do you get mums to dislike someone and mums who are teaching their daughters about being a powerful woman Mm. like this story tells than to have a massive misogynist in there yeah (laughs) like that's it's clever and this is the thing there are lovely one-liners by him that make you hate him oh he has like a weird little nudge nudge wink wink line i think it's two hans where he's like no it's not hans it's two his little oh he has two bodyguards bodyguards. where he's like oh women on the throne eh (laughs) he says things it's like um you get what you get and he invites elsa to dance and elsa's like oh i can't dance and he's like oh a queen who can't dance hmm that's yeah, he doesn't believe that that's possible. But then Anna steps forward and owns the situation and she just repeats yeah, his words. Anna's and like, like, oh no, she was busy learning how to rule our country. Yeah. And also, you know, I, what I've heard is you get what you get. And quotes his words back to him. And again, what I love... <laughs> He's so mad about it. Too. He is. But again, it's that brilliant thing of like, like you say, the mums who are empowering their daughters to not stand for this nonsense. Mm-hmm. And you've got Anna not afraid yeah, to have it rebuked every single time he does it because yeah. even hans at one point again trolls theory yeah hans at one point 
tells him off for it. Yeah. And is like, you need to be quiet. Yeah. Which, I... coming from your villain, if even your main villain of your mm. show is like, hey, misogyny is yeah. wrong. How nice is that? But like I say, I think they do this very much knowing that what they want is is to really make that Hans reveal even more shocking. Because mm-hmm. you feel like there's another villain. And I think actually that works in this, in the fact that could they potentially be changing some things? Mm. Like right up until that moment, perhaps you're on the edge of seat going, will Hans do this? <laughs> so as characters leave... They have like a little bit of a tango, just, you know. Um, oh my God, to, to it's just to fill space so fill that we space. can get on to, well, it's so they can get the flies down to right. do the next scene. But I love his little tango. One of the quirks of the Duke in, in the film is his silly dancing and they get it here perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it's enough to be the Duke that we know without it kind of becoming too much. Yeah, he, he says to Elsa when he asks her to dance, he's like, oh, I'm excellent at the tango. I'd love to show you. And then obviously this and he happens. talks about his shoes and Anna also says that she wouldn't want to scuff up such lovely shoes. She says, and then she's like, what do they give you? An extra two, three inches? Yes. And, which is so yeah. good. But then, yeah, he leads a tango and all of the uh, ensemble. ensemble join in. It's I love really it. Funny. And we do go into Love is an Open Door. Yeah. This is one of the songs I said to you before that... Um, Listening to it, you don't like the dance break. I don't like the dance break, but it works so perfectly here. And again, you got like Hans doing like the little waves with his... <laughs> like trying to copy mm-hmm. Anna, but not quite sure of himself. He comes across so likeable and such He's a He's trying really hard, but in a way that if you were watching real humans do this... You'd be like, oh, good for him. It's really relatable. From mm-hmm. somebody who struggles to flirt... Hans is really relatable here. We knew each other for two weeks before we were like, okay, we're a couple now. Yeah, but I didn't know you were flirting with me. I had to ask people, like, do you think she's flirting? What should I send back? Whilst I'm in Naples and you're sending, like, flirty messages, I'm like, what do I say? Is this flirting? Am I misconstruing it? Hans comes across so relatable. Oh, we're just friends. You've got the wrong idea of this, Danny. Have I? That ring says otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, they do a really good job of making Hans likeable here. Um, yeah, the quirky, nerdy dance moves are great. Ormson's version of Hans comes off as just a really genuinely nice yeah. kind of lame guy. Yeah. But in a good way. Yeah, exactly. And I can't say more about this number than it just, it fulfills everything the film does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't like, or I didn't think I'd like the dance break because when I just heard it, it's jarring because I just want to keep singing. The dance break works so well here. Yeah. And yeah, they get engaged. Can I say something crazier? Yes. And then we go back into Love is an Open Door. <laughs> my favourite part of this song, which is always my favourite part in every version yeah. that I've seen of it, which is that when she says yes, she hugs him, but he's holding her. He's got his arms around her thighs. Yes. And she's holding onto his shoulders. So when she hugs him, he can't sing anymore, so he's like pressed into her corset. So when he sings, it's really muffled. I just I don't know why I find that really. Funny. There's also like because there's moments where like they put the hands in front of each other and like. Yeah, well, like he he does in the dance break. She kicks her leg up and he grabs it and then bends her and she's like ow 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 ow. ow, ow, ow. ow. But yeah, there's a bit where like her hand goes across him and then down and then she suddenly realizes that her hand is. Like, it's like on his belly button. Yeah, and like, this but this is so show. In, yeah, but like in the same way that for her that is very intimate. For yeah, Anna. well, the only man that she knows is the bust of 
I don't even know who it's supposed to be, David. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a tongue. So. But yeah, and, and a bit again, like, his head is buried, you know. In her corset. In her corset. <laughs> and he looks quite, like, taken aback by it. Yeah, when he, well, so the Broadway version that yeah. I've seen, when he goes back, he goes. <gasps> Which <laughs> is, is great. so funny. They go and they say to Elsa, hey, we want your blessing for marriage. And she's like, lol, no. Can I speak to you on your own? And uh, Anna's like, no, we're engaged. Say whatever you want to. And Anna oh, tries Hans to. Oh, Hans goes around and put his hands on her shoulders like he's supporting yeah, her. Yeah, it is really nice. And Elsa tries to go off and Anna grabs the glove and is like, no, we're going to stay and have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Here's a whole episode of me talking about trolls theory, isn't it? <laughs> well... Elsa's glove gets saved. She's like, no, give me back that glove. You give it back. And it builds to Elsa losing control. This is really nice. Again, the ice... I don't know what to call it. The spiky ice. The spiky ice set pieces is not... It comes in off of the sides and out of the stage. So it's just a set piece, basically. But... They come in so smoothly. And the timing is great. Like, it's as sudden They're as it just should there be. when they need to be. And it's very, very well done. Yeah, it is. And obviously, we get the storm. It's so well executed. The choreography is great. The running around like it's Scooby-Doo. Doesn't come across cheesy or pantomime I love it. I forgot something. Yeah. At the end of Love is an Open Door... Hans and Anna kiss. Oh my days. Right. So that I forgot, <laughs> but it was so jarring at the time. I have to say, because they are properly making out. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because of course, Anna can't tell the difference yeah. between love and lust. If we're ignoring my lovely trolls theory, she, this is the first guy she's ever spoken to. Yeah. Her, she doesn't have a father or brothers or any men around no. because all the servants are gone. She's okay at speaking to other women, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know how to deal with men. And Hans is attractive to her. Yeah. So she's in Hans is like, attractive oh, to me. This must be love. This must be what love is like. It's so instant. It's like, no, you just really fancy him. Yeah. But the, the kissing is wow. <laughs> and they're at, they go from being outside at Love's an Open Door to the middle of the ballroom yeah. where everyone's dancing around them and kind of looking at them like... Oh. It's proper, like, making out. <laughs> so like, funny. uncomfortably so. Like, mm. And it is jarring because you don't see Anna like that in the films at all. And obviously this is a little bit more of a... I mean, this is a 7.30 showing. Yes, there's going to be children, but there's also going to be a lot of adults there. And this is a moment that feels more like for the adults. But I, it makes such a difference to her character mm-hmm. because... It just makes it really clear yeah. that they were never in love with each other. Yeah. Like, was... maybe he loved her, whatever, but... <laughs> but if we t- if we ignore the Trolls theory mm. as well... No, but even if he is in love with her... Right. Irregardless, she isn't in love with him. She doesn't know what love but in the, feels but like. in the same way, if we ignore the Trolls theory and this is always his plan, he knows he's here to kind of exploit the situation. Mm. How evil is that as well? Yeah. It, it I mean, helps enhance the moment where he's like, if only you had a true love. It makes well, them... it helps enhance the bit where he says, I don't know if he said it in this, he definitely says it in the film where he's like, oh, my plan was always to seduce Elsa. He doesn't yeah. say seduce, but my plan was always to get to Elsa, but no one was getting anywhere with that, which references that maybe other people have tried, but okay. And then he's like, but no one was trying anything with you. 
So I figured I'd go for it. Yeah. And you were so easy to convince. Well, yeah, of course she was. She's like 17 <laughs> and has yeah. never been around anybody of the opposite gender before yeah. that she was attracted to. All she knows is what she's read in books. Yep. Some people read a lot of books. We get reindeers are better than people, which... This is a nice little... It's what it should be. What I like is the fact that you've got like this this ice staircase that we see Elsa run up and everyone thinks... Everyone cheered because they thought it was going to be let it go. Everyone thought it was a let it go. And this is the thing, right? I'd said to you again, we did. I don't think we said this in the preamble. I, I think we said this on the way into yeah, London. Yeah, we were on the train. And I'd said to you, the only thing that can be the interval song is let it go because there's nothing else well otherwise it's in summer right so let it go should come here and i think because this staircase shows up and we see elsa running everyone's expecting let it go so this is the point at which i realized i never watched the broadway version all the way through yeah i cut and between things because just the stuff that i wanted to see so this part happened and i he sang reindeers are better than people and i was like Where's Oaken? Yeah. This happens in his barn. Why aren't we at Oaken's? This is stressing me out. Yeah. Are they going to cut him? I've completely... My memory is non-existent. Completely forgetting I've heard the soundtrack. I know he has a song. Yeah. Yeah, I think But using Reindeers are better than people. Perfect. It's, it is what it is. It's not enhanced. It's a nice little set changer. It is. But in the same way, they've not added three verses. They keep it as it is. And it's perfect as it is. And Christoph does a great job at speaking for Sven as well. Yeah. I love this bit. I love the way that he's just pottering as Elsa runs up the stairs. You know, like he doesn't even, he's not even He doesn't aware. even look at her. He doesn't. It's, like, it's just, and it's an entrance up to the mountain. He doesn't oh, see he's, her running. He's complaining to Sven about how they now have no job. Yeah. Anna comes in. Yes. And their chemistry in again. Her, like fourth outfit of the yep. show. She has the ball gown, but it's the icy ball gown. Yes. Without the petticoat underneath. Yeah. Just the underwear. Yeah. But I really like this again. Like as a, you know, we get this instant banter between the pair of them. There's a, there's a flirty chemistry between them, which I really like, you know, the way you've got, you know, so uh, what's his last name? If he's not a stranger. Of the Southern Isles. You know, you've got a really nice moment. And we have this really nice moment. So Christoph gives Anna some winter clothes because Because... he has, well, I should presumably he climbs this mountain to get ice. Yes. Anyway, because that's where all the snow is. Yep. Even without her. Yeah. Elsa being there. So he has all this winter gear and climbing gear. So he gives her the same outfit that he's wearing yes. and a cute little hat which yeah. I like he's not wearing this hat no it's for her so she takes off her dress and he panics and then Sven stands in between but you can see Sven's being like but there's also sick. an urgency to Sven like Sven is protecting honor as well which I mm. think is really but sweet but Christoph like turns around and is like oh my god oh yeah my god. I really thought that was cute <laughs> like cute. Sven getting in the way was fantastic mm-hmm. this bit's really important the old dress just gets dismissed at the base of the stairs. Yeah, she at the leaves base it behind. Of the mountain. They're not um, even like nearly at the mountain at this point. No. They start singing, What do you know about love? Yes. I <sighs> love this song. This is one of my favourite additions to the it soundtrack. Is. And this has some of the best jokes in it as well. Oh, it is. 
I just love this bit so much. It's like Kristoff says, some folks are taken in by curly locks and princely looks. Mm -hmm. And Anna says, he does have princely looks. We, we agree, agree on, on that. That, uh, that wasn't in our version. So we, for some reason... I'd love to talk to the director. We, we considered it because he was sat behind us. He was notes. a few rows behind us. We really wanted to be like, hey. But he, because obviously it's his show, he disappeared before mm. all of the intervals. But I don't know why they cut a verse from this song. Because yeah. it's so good. But the verse that they cut has the princely looks line and the have you ever kissed a girl? I <laughs> a mean, female a human girl. girl? Yeah. A female girl. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. No, I I love this bit, but I think the bit that's even more impressive the is set piece is so cool. It is. So they got these stairs, and then they're just walking along this bridge, and it just keeps panning across, and it keeps, keeps going. going, and it's so big. Where's the space? Where are they hiding this? I want to go backstage at the Theatre Royal. Well, so the people in the row behind us, there was a really great usher. Yeah. Who worked in the theatre and who was lovely. He was just oh, very friendly and talking to everyone. And he saw me in my... I was wearing my Be More Chill Creep yeah. t-shirt. And he said, oh my God, have you seen Be More Chill? It's great, isn't it? We had a conversation. He says he has the same shirt. Yes. But he was talking to the people in the row behind us during the interval. And one of them said to him, God, that bridge was huge. Where did they keep that thing? And he said that actually backstage Frozen is about the same size as the rest of the theatre. So the entire wow. theatre that we're sat in fits behind there. And I was like, it kind of has to, yeah. because otherwise, where are all these set pieces being kept? What that the, was amazing. What and the, the bridge all falls apart as yeah. they go across it too. And then there's the little it slide is, and they have to the jump. End. Oh, the slides are going, it's great. What I wouldn't give to go backstage and do a tour. People, if you're listening, tweet Frozen London and <laughs> tell them to check out this episode. And <laughs> please, can we go backstage? Please. It's so amazing as a set piece. You, and it just ends really triumphantly. Like, here's the thing. You get the sense that there's been a passage of time. And this, I said this to my kids the other day, my year 11s. We're talking about Brecht and how, like, song is the perfect way to show a passage of time, like, mm. as a montage. Obviously, this is a three-minute song, but you feel like hours could have passed on this journey. Like, they've gone through some real, like, peril on this journey. Mm -hmm. It's obviously not in the three minutes where they have to climb and they nearly die. Yeah. This song is such a great way to get the sense of their building oh, relationship. Yeah, the bit where he, he picks her up. Yes, and there's an awkwardness. And they have a moment. And then it all goes quiet again because they're like, oh, you, you know, this isn't... They've known each other two minutes. You can read between the lines. That time has passed. Yeah, yeah. but that's, A, the writing of this song, mm -hmm. the performance of Anna and Christoph, but also this amazing set piece to show the journey. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it so much. Um, and they... then we hear this weird noise. Yeah. Oh. This was, right. So they put on, it's like a little snow pile. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain what it's used for in a minute. Yeah. But it's like a little snow pile with little icicles all over it. And I was like, and then you hear Olaf's voice, yes. right? Singing. From off stage, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And he's singing a little bit of you, which is really cute. Yeah. And yeah, it I is. was like, oh, he's going to be behind this little snow pile. Yeah. Because I was like, otherwise, why is this here? And then he comes out from the side, but they're both at the front of the stage like, where is that coming from? Yeah. While he's off stage, like, a little bit of you. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love this version of Olaf. Craig and... Gallivan is amazing. <laughs> so good. I, I saw on 
Instagram a few days ago from his account. Do you know who was backstage? Do you know who saw this show? Just Gad. Right? Yeah. Can you imagine how intimidating as a before? I wouldn't want to know until after. Mm. Because I'd be too scared I'm to perform. I'm pretty sure it was after. But like, imagine being told, oh, by the way, we've got someone who wants to meet you. He saw the show. Josh Gad's here. And you mm. playing this role, he originated. Like... It didn't originate. Obviously, Josh Gad has done so much with Olaf as a character. Like, he keeps going back to it because he knows how special Olaf is to kids, right? Mm -hmm. During lockdown, he made these brand new things, recorded them remotely so that we could have Olaf stories, right? To have Josh Gad show up. But I don't think for a second he'd be let down. I think he'd watch it and be proud. Yeah, it's really good. You've done an amazing job with this character. The puppetry of Olaf is incredible. The personality he gets across with the puppet, but also as a person. We we talked about how us being like, hey, we're going to record an episode on this. We made moments where we looked at his performance, but we had to make ourselves look at him to see what he was doing because you're so drawn to the puppet, which is what you're supposed to be. Oh, yeah. And I, whenever we talk about episodes where we've watched live theatre, I think it's clear we look at very different yeah. things. I'm always looking at the costumes and the set and the things behind the scenes yeah. more than anything else. Like I sit when we're waiting for the show to start and I see how many trapdoors I can see yeah. and whether there's a revolve and I count to see how many flies that I can see in the wings and where they're attached to because usually we're towards the side so I can yeah. see all of those things. I'm a backstager. <laughs> well, so this is the thing. But, I love the art of backstage, but I'm more like, I want this to happen. Make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> you, I, backstager, make it happen. Respectfully, it's not like this is what I want yeah, no, to do. But I'm looking at the performances and... But it's so funny because for this specific thing, I was I spent the entire time like jumping between Olaf Puppet and... Craig Gallivan's face and yeah. but it was like constant so I'd be like up down up down but up it's, down but it mirrors this is the thing he's he does things he's making the exact same face as the puppet yeah that's what I love is the fact that if, if there was no puppet so he cool. would still be acting as Olaf but there is a puppet and the puppet is Olaf and mm. it's incredible right this set piece for In Summer oh my god so oh this is what the god. snow pile is for right yeah because when Olaf came out and they meet him I was like, why is the snowpile here? If he's coming out from the side, I thought there was going to be a trap behind it and yeah. he would come out of it. Oh God, could you imagine Earth just rising like, dun, 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 dun. Right, there's no cool way to do that because the puppet only squishes down a little No, bit. that feels like you're saying Olaf is more important than any other character because he gets this entrance. Right, so he came out from the side. So then I was kind of ignoring what was happening and just staring at the snowpile like, why would you put this here? Because on its own, It's like, this isn't a very good set piece. Like, it's just here. There's nothing else in the background. There's the backdrop. Mm. And then in summer starts and the beach rises up and they're attached. So it has to be there to keep the beach upright. And I was just like, oh, okay, I love it. And this is amazing because you actually have like, it looks like a postcard. It looks exactly like a postcard. They bring down the In Summer banner at the top with the typography and everything and the seagulls. Right, so we have like bees coming in. The bees are so cute. The bees are so cute. I mean, you're a fan of bees anyway. But it looks like the 2D animation of like the books for Frozen as well. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's so gorgeous. 
Craig Yalavan on Instagram posted a picture of this moment. Go to his Instagram, look at it, because you'll mm. see what I mean. It's amazing. So cool. As a kid, I am watching Frozen the film here. They've done mm. a great job at making this moment without like doing all the lights and everything. It's fantastic. One of my most favourite things as a seagull comes in and as the seagull flies off, he shouts, Samantha? Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> That's a good reference. That's that. Those are our two Frozen 2 references. Yeah. Nostalgia, Samantha. But that was perfect. That as a, as a shout, as a reference was perfect. Like it's a small thing, but it's a funny thing. Mm. Um, I loved it. I really, really loved it. They go off trying to find Elsa. Olaf's obviously explained like he's a little bit of you, a little bit of me. Great. Hmm. Now, this is why it's important that Anna's dress was left. Somebody comes back going, it's the princess's dress. Oh. <laughs> she's in danger. <laughs> I love that this this poor soldier is just like, she's dead. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Or, these are our two options. If you were the soldier that finds that dress... There is a naked princess somewhere because the kind of underwear... <laughs> She's that living wearing, her dream. Yeah, basically. Nude but in she, a winter breeze. The only thing she had on under the dress is sort of pantaloons yeah. and I don't know what the official term for them is and, and stays, yeah. which is like a bra corset yeah. thing. I'm not explaining this well, but just for your own mental image. Yeah. If you know what stays are, you know what they are. But so then when she puts the Kristoff outfit on... She's nice and cosy and bundled up, mm-hmm. and it's fine because she's got little like trousery bloomer things on. So it's fine. We're going to get more nude in a moment. If you found that dress, you'd be like, "She's dead." Yep. And yeah, and he goes back, and and everyone's like, "Right, we must kill the queen because she she's she's dangerous." And Hans rallies the people, and he's like, "No, we need to go get mm-hmm. Elsa, bring her back to safety." I'm sure Anna's yeah. fine. And he rallies the people. The Duke is really like anti and is whispering to his bodyguards. But the, the people believe in Hans mm-hmm. as we get this amazing this reprise. This is Hans of... of the Southern Eyes reprise. Yeah. And it's so nice. And he gets, this is the one part where he, they're all singing behind him and he draws his sword and holds this really nice note. And then everybody else sings. It's just, oh, the ensemble moments are some of my favourite mm. moments from this show. Because they just sound incredible. But again, he comes across so humble and likeable. He says, I can't tell you what the princess sees in me, but let me tell you what an honour it would be if you could let me lead you through this time of trials. You ask for a leader. Oh, that's what he says. Time of trial. You ask for a leader. A servant responds. Trust Hans of the Southern Isles. Yeah, it's great. I just love it. It's so good. And he defends Elsa here. People are yeah. like, what if she is really a monster? Which, great line, well, considering where king. it's going. It's not the king. What's he called? The Duke of Weselton. Yeah. He says that she's a monster. And others start believing when it. when he says she's, he's like, oh, well, she's a monster, but what more could you expect of a single woman on the throne? And Hans is like, shut up. Yeah, right. Again, more. He's a hero. Hans mm. is great. Love this. Great. They go off to save the day. Um, yeah. So we were at the end of Act One, mm-hmm. and it's the song that's most important to me, mm-hmm. and it's sheer perfection as a sequence. I started sobbing pretty instantly because you had this vulnerability from Samantha Barks at first, mm-hmm. 
but then the sheer joy as she starts to discover and love her powers, the interaction with like the LED boards, like she touches the side of the stage, which is a beautiful, like ornate carved wood. She touches it and you see the um, frozen fractals like spread and you touch everything else and you see the scenery go and the flies go out and oh she takes off her gloves mm -hmm. and she takes off her cape and they get whisked away oh yeah that by was the really wind. cool it was magical oh, and the dress reveal was perfect oh it's seamless it was so nicely done and just gorgeous like if you are a child this is meeting Father Christmas. Mm -hmm. He's real. Oh my days, I'm meeting the Father Christmas. You are watching the Elsa. Yeah. Samantha Barks' costume looks phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The wig is fantastic. The way she unbuns and takes it down so it's braided. She looks like Elsa. It's not yeah. even looks like Elsa. She is Elsa. Mm -hmm. I was sobbing through this whole sequence because it was perfect mm. i loved it well so i love the vocal edits that they've made to this song yeah because obviously usually first night you get to play around mm. with how big you go with a song yeah but this is exactly how it sounds in the broadway yeah. recording as well where they have a couple of bits where she just really goes for it and it's amazing well like the bit at the end the call never bothered me Anyway. anyway yeah yeah like it is great and it, it translates it's not a film this is a musical theater version of let it go mm -hmm. but the thing is samantha Barks's voice as well is so good and actually sounds so similar to adina menzel's from the film you know like again even more reason why as a kid if you're watching it this is elsa because she yeah. has a very similar voice. And just the closing image of Elsa. Powerful, embracing who she is. Massive cheers as the lights go out. Mm. Is a phenomenal way to end Act One. Yeah. Oh, I loved this. I loved it. It was great. And it was perfect. And it was what I wanted it to be. Um, it was the song that I think had the most expectations for me. Oh, and, absolutely. And for everyone. Yeah, for everyone. But just the fact that it is just Elsa, there's no one else on stage, there is nothing, you know, it is just let her go mm -hmm. <laughs> appropriately. I loved it. We have the interval and we come back to Oaken. Yeah, we do. And this is great. Yoo-hoo, big summer blowout. As they walk in and they're just like, mm, okay. Great. I, I didn't know what was coming here and I'm glad I didn't. No, it's so great. It looks like his trading post. Oh, yeah, it's really nice. It's really well designed as a set. And they're talking about how the winters are dangerous and how there's a word that he'd use to describe what he sells. But there's no English word for it, so he will translate. Yeah. Drew, what does Hugo mean? Hugo means comfortable i'm sure we're pronouncing this wrong too by the way i'm not sure that like this is the american pronunciation yeah. of this word well but we yeah. go with what we hear in the songs huga means comfortable yeah, it's Huga. so they say it's cozy yep what means sitting by the fire with your cheeks all rosy candlelight easy 
Uh, playing parcheesi. It is not finding a spider in your shoe. It's mm-hmm. not having an annoying thing to do. It's not scheduled. Mm-hmm. You can't have it without your family and, and friends. friends. My favorite line: Higa is alcohol, and like the entire adult portion of the audience were like, "Woohoo!" So the really funny thing is, is you actually got a card game for your mum for Christmas called, called Huga, and it is just literally sitting and having conversations. You don't win. It's really nice. Yeah. It is. You, it is. It's cozy. It's comfortable. Right. This song, I will admit has grown on me a lot since we saw it. Because at the first point, the first few verses feel very repetitive. Because, oh, there's this great bit. So he opens up the sauna and all his family come out. They're all like naked underneath these leaves and they just run and go, no, Hugo, no. Hugo, Hugo, They Hugo. have towels on at this point. Oh, they have towels. Yeah. So they all run out and back in and then we repeat and they do the same thing again. I'm like, okay, this is just a repetitive song. But when they come out the second time, they stay there and they interact with <laughs> When Anna. they go back in, they're like, now it's time to sweat. So they go back into the sauna and he's like, thank you, family. <laughs> Bye-bye for now. Hoo-hoo. Yes. And then Anna's asking him for... A less smelly, more size-appropriate winter cloak. Or dress or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, for what? Climbing the North Mountain where many have frozen to death? I have exactly what you need. It's Hugo. And yeah. she's like, no, no. We need, I need clothes. And right. he's like, never mind, you're going to listen while I sing. But this is the best bit. So it, oh, I love this bit. His lines is, join us for some super duper hygge in the sauna, in the nude. Everyone comes back out and he says. Still in that. So they're in towels and really cute hats. Yes. The hats are great. And so they all have these little... Uh, branches but that it's for cleaning yourself yeah. so you scrub yourself with the branch and you get clean yeah and we get the bits where he says spoke like these brilliant lines where he's like don't worry about your body it's nothing i haven't seen get yourself a branch and you'll feel nice and clean like it's just funny and it's so like a really nice way because mm-hmm. you're coming from let it go any song that follows this song isn't going to have the same like emotional depth yeah the best song and as a set piece that you can follow up on has to be something that makes you laugh like a completely different Is it like a complete 180 from let it go again it's the duality of elsa and anna Mm -hmm. like elsa's serious but anna's like fun just accidentally falling into these like adventures yeah and it is it is that duality of serious and fun. i don't understand why kids are like i want to be elsa and i'm like <laughs> no i want to go hang out with oaken and his lot okay. i like the bit where he rhymes sauna and wanna mm. go and get sauna. in the sauna you know you wanna yeah <sighs> so I, yeah. the the sort of main chorus of this song is this little bit where they sing a toast to all our family and friends. And this whole thing is so cute, but they sing it over a bunch of times. And it gets faster. I think it's perfect workout music. And then they do the dance to it and Anna joins in in the second verse. And then she knows the dance to it. What I like is that the first time she does it, she's a step behind everyone else. Like it's really endearing. Oh, like me or Bamboo. Yeah. It's really cute. I love the bit. Um, so it's like, um, toast to all our family and friends, to Hugo in a storm that never ends. So, so let, let it keep, keep on going. going. We'll always have each other. The glue is brewed. We're here in Newton, so let's have a... <laughs> yeah, like, it's great. We've it does been singing go... this in the car. So but just much. that verse, and you just sing it over and over again until you can't actually say words anymore because you go too it fast. It is, because you go... It only happens twice, but we like going faster and faster. I did it three time. times. 
And then Kristoff's like, excuse me. Is starving to death within a week, Huga? That is not Huga. Is a future that's cold and dead and bleak, Huga? That's not Huga. He's right. <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have to go. Yes. Um, so he says, well, you can't stay here in Huga, so I'm going to give you Huga. Yeah, that you can take all take the Huga that you can with you. They go off to get El- so, Anna changed. What they do here is very, very clever. So Anna turns and she runs. So the sauna is to one side, so you can actually get off stage through it. Obviously, they're not fitting like the entire ensemble into this tiny sauna. No, but it's great because so, it's a funny set piece. It's like Time Lord magic. Yeah. So Anna goes off to get changed and then the screen drops and the word Huga appears in lights oh it's a and chorus then, line yeah but then Oaken is in front of it so he's singing and then they all come on and then <laughs> they start singing the Huga bit again and it's so good except this time they're not wearing towels anymore they're all wearing bodysuits yeah, like, can... but they all have but like nude coloured bodysuits. They are yeah. here in the nude doing an exotic like can-can. So they will have the little branches and they're all in their little uh, skin tone bodysuits. But Oaken has one leaf thing as yeah. well. So the way that they're dancing, instead of dancing the way that they were before, they're covering each other and moving yeah. the branches to each other. Yeah. And just like moving their arms left and right at the right time. So everybody stays covered, but it gets faster and faster again. And then... Oaken steps forwards and he walks Anna on and she's in her proper Anna dress. Yeah, like, as a reveal, like, this is, you know, like... the audience goes crazy. Yeah, the Anna dress. People go crazy. Fantastic Mm. opening number for Act 2. Completely different and absolutely does what it needs to. You're re-engaged in this world. Yeah. Now, this is where we kind of... We have something very different change from the broadway show yes so which is a good thing because for this version they've added in another song so we have the let it go reprise going into i can't lose you yes which and are not I can't songs lose you is the new one yeah they're not songs that i can actually see on the lyrics on broadway or this doesn't play on the broadway uh uh, playlist on Spotify it goes into for the first time in forever reprise. Like I have the it film. on the on the official list. It's here, but it doesn't. The official list doesn't include Let It Go reprise. Yeah. It just has I Can't Lose You, which was added in February of 2020 yeah. to replace for the first time in I forever reprise. Think it's very interesting that that is the only song that is cut. I really like for the first time in forever reprise, but I love this number. It's not the only song that's cut. What other song is cut? Frozen Heart. <laughs> Everyone just hates that song. That's the okay. <laughs> In terms of the storytelling yeah. with our protagonists, that song is a world built, weird world building one. But this is a song sung by Elsa and Anna. Mm-hmm. But I loved that. You know, the Let It Go reprise blurs into um, "I Can't Lose You," so they're kind of one and the other. I love when they walk into the palace. Like Kristoff is wowed at the ice because it is <laughs> it's an entire thing. palace made of ice. <laughs> it's like the kids in Despicable Me with the unicorn going, "It's so fluffy." He's like, "It's so icy." Mm-hmm. Elsa waves at Olaf. And he says he's part both of them, and we get the rep- you know like the, the the reference to a little bit of me, a little bit of you, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, we flow into let it go reprise, 
And it is really good because it does really push on the sister relationship that's key to this. Both blame themselves for not being there for one another. You know, like Elsa's like, this is all my fault. I should have been a better sister. And I was like, no, I should have been a better sister because I could have done things differently. And it's, again, they're just mm-hmm. not on the same page. And yeah. it, it works really, really well. It builds with uh, Elsa panicking in the background, not in the same way where she's like, I can't be free. I'm cursed. Yeah. And it builds with her. And it's almost like she's just trying to push Anna out the door. But in doing so, because you see her conjuring in the background, but it's not like her, she's trying to hurt Anna. It's, she's just trying to push Anna, Anna away. And then she strikes her. Yeah. And yeah, it builds brilliantly. And, and Kristoff yeah. catches her. Yeah. And then immediately Elsa just kicks them out of the castle. Oh no, this, this is the bit we have the, the conjuring in the background. It's where she, you get this big like rise of shadow in the background and then something just black out. Oh, she runs, yeah, she runs up the stairs, which are really nice. Yeah. That's, this whole set piece is great. But we get the like, are they windows? Like big arched yep. windows, and you see the storm outside gets worse. Yes, and we get kicked out, which means that again, Olaf is broken. Oh, so this, this is, is the thing. So great. This is where we get a really big change from the film because there is no marshmallow. Fine, I don't need to see. I like, I cannot imagine them trying to deal with that set yeah, piece. But I like this. I like the blackout, and then we're in this abyss. And well, yeah, because there's no set in this no. scene. It's just an empty stage. I am the first person in the audience at this point to start laughing. And then a few, I hear a few laughs behind me. I've pointed to you that down stage right mm-hmm. is Olaf's decapitated head. Yeah. And then his butt is at the back of the stage yeah. and his body is in the middle. And we get this great. Right. I know you haven't seen Adam's Family, the musical. It's coming to a theatre near us. We really need to go and see it yeah. because my favourite prop in the whole show is Cousin It. Yeah. And it's just exactly the same as Olaf's body, where it's like a Roomba, basically, yeah. with a costume on. Cool. Where, so they go, they run over to get Olaf's body to put him back together and it runs off stage by itself. And it's so good. Yeah, so we get the when everything falls apart song here but we also get Olaf singing his own version of do you want to build a snowman mm. I'm disappointed that that isn't like on the soundtrack on the soundtrack or listed if they I really hope they do a, a UK recording I'm desperate for a UK recording with yeah. this cast like I think it'd be phenomenal uh, and you mentioned you saw some cameras as well but well that that was them filming promo footage yeah I but believe well I'm hopeful that there's a UK recording but especially I want I want to hear uh, Olaf doing his version of "Do You Want to Build a Snowman" because I think it's it's a really funny reprise of this song, and the same sentiment is there. I love it. Olaf, they're going to pick him up and build him, and instead of building him on stage, they throw everything off stage, and then out comes Olaf. You know, just like I'm back, I'm alive. Oh, he comes back on and sings, "Do you want to build a snowman?" Yeah. and it's like triumphant, really triumphant. Yeah. They notice that Anna is freezing and Kristoff's like, hey, we're going to go see my... No, this is where the hairline comes in. This is my favourite line from the film, right? He's like, oh my God, your hair. And she's like, what do you mean my hair? We just fell off a cliff. Look at your hair. No, but your hair, it's it's white. He goes, yeah, it's always been white. And then she realises on the other side and she says, oh no, does it look bad? 
And he pauses and then goes, no. And Olaf says... You paused. You paused. Yeah, You hesitated. But again, <laughs> it comes down so much to like the timing. Like, yeah, comedy timing is great. I, All I, of the I, comedy I, timing in this is amazing, but Olaf specifically, like yeah. Craig Gallivan, we just keep raving about him. He was so good. They're all so good. They, they really are, but it is just Olaf. <sighs> he does what he's supposed to. It's the same Olaf. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and they keep the comedic timing because that's what he's here for in these moments here. When there's peril, Olaf's there just to provide a little bit of relief. Yeah. So we go I in. Think, like, this show doesn't work without Stephanie McKeon being as talented as she is. Yeah. There are two scenes where she's not on stage. Yeah. No, she is. She must be exhausted by the end of the show and she's phenomenal. She is absolutely phenomenal. Oh. They all are. But she does really carry this show with mm-hmm. her charm and, like, especially the vulnerability at different moments. Mm. I, I re- just realised I haven't actually said anything about Obioma Iguala yet. He's so good. He is. Christoph does not have enough to do in the film or in this version. But at least this version of Christoph has more to do. Yeah. But he's just so nice. And we're going to get to a great song in a but minute. But his presence because... as well as Christoph is great. Yeah. I love it. So, yes... We get the song that has a bad reputation from the film. Mm-hmm. I think mostly because it is the last song in the film. Yeah, this the only reason why this song sucks is because it's the finale of the movie. Yeah. And it, it it's a great song. I like this song, but I like it even more when I know that we're going to have five more songs. Yes. Oh, I love the bit. So they have like the little girl playing the little... Uh, baby Anna is playing yeah. whatever the baby rock troll is called, but she's just <laughs> cute in this. And yeah. she gets, she spends like 80% of this song hanging out with Sven. But there's also a really and cute like bit. So we him. have um, Boulder and Grandpappy dancing with Anna and... Crystal separately, oh, yeah. and then you have her with, with Olaf, and it's so the right so cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. The thing I really like: if you haven't listened to this song, you should go and listen to it. This version, on the soundtrack yeah, because I really like that it sounds like they're angry to start with. Because mm. Anna says that she isn't into Kristoff, and. The hidden folk are like, what do you mean you're not into him? We raised him. Yeah. He's amazing. So they Wait. sing, is it the grumpy way he talks? But it's really oh, yeah. slow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like there's a pause. And then little Anna, as the baby hidden folk goes, or the square shape, pear shape, weirdness of his feet. And then it becomes. And it breaks the tension immediately. Yeah. Like you feel like Anna's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I love that everyone thinks his feet are weird. Yeah. I, it's a fun sequence. Why is Christoph so obsessed with feet? Maybe that's why he's so obsessed with feet. The hidden folk think human feet are weird. But you have this weird, like, it's not a lamppost, but it looks like a lamppost that has this crystal on the top, this magic oh, energy crystal. Oh, it's their, um, there's a name for it. I yeah. can't remember. But you have, like, one. It's like a totem. Yeah, you have one of the characters on it, like, they're singing in the rain, which I thought was great. I yeah, loads just, yeah. of them climb up it. Boulder climbs up it at one point, I loved and it. Baby Anna stands on it, and Kristoff stands on it at yeah, one point. It's fantastic. But they, yeah, this is so good. And the dance break, too, incredible. Yeah. It ends just before they can get married. 
Anna passes out. Mm-hmm. And there's a really great bit where they say what's happened, that she's been struck by magic. And Pappy is like, why didn't you tell me? And Kristoff says, I tried. <laughs> you started singing, trying to make me marry her. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, I don't know. I've done it before, but the heart is not so easily convinced. And the crystal starts <laughs> pulsating as he tries to get the magic. And you see a light going through and yeah. you feel this as everyone's watching. Oh, they're watching. all really trying and it's mm. not working. I just remembered a, a line that I loved at the beginning of this scene when they arrive Boulder looks at Kristoff she's like really happy to see him and she's like how are you my son you look thin you're thin yeah <laughs> yep like, yep yeah we go into Kristoff's lullaby and this is amazing this is so cute so he's he- scared that he's going to lose her and this is the first kind of sense that you feel like there is more mm. to what's he's actually happening yeah this is I mean, really, it should be called What Do You Know About Love Reprise, but it's Christoph's lullaby because she's dying while yeah, this is happening. But I like so. it, and I do like that you have the What do you know about love? Well, he sings What Do I Know About yeah. Love? And it's it is cute. like the reprise to it, and it's a short song, but what a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. You feel the vulnerability to Christoph, and at this moment especially, he's been quite this, like, a jokey figure, but also quite a calming figure. Like, you feel safer with him being there. Yeah. And yeah, this is just a phenomenal performance. Uh, yeah, loved it. Absolutely mm. loved it. The magic is too powerful. Only true love's kiss can save Anna. So Only an act of true love yes. can save Anna. Okay. So off to Hans. Who is this Hans? <laughs> that line wasn't in this. That's in the film. Yeah. It's not in the stage show. It's my another line in the film that I'm like, yeah, she hasn't spoken about him for half of this movie. Yeah. Oh, troll magic. So we go into. You said to me, like, wait until you hear this because if you think Samantha Barks is phenomenal, let it go. Wait till you hear Monster, Monster. Mm-hmm. and Monster's phenomenal. Um, I love the bit where you've got the. Um, End this winter, bring, bring back, back summer. summer. Yeah. I think it's great. You've obviously got, you know, the uh, Arendellians approaching to take Elsa down mm-hmm. peacefully if they can. Oh, and they, every time they move, they get stuck behind another wall of ice and then they have the to go way the other way. The way it all moves and the shadows growing in on Elsa. Like, mm-hmm. it's great because you've gone from having her be really free. Like, mm-hmm. Let It Go is that moment where she's like, hey, I don't have to live in fear anymore. It's just me. And, you know, it's one of the things that I think we miss out not having for the first time in Forever Reprise because she's like, you can go back to Arendelle, be back safe, leave me here, I'm fine. But here, when she starts to think about the consequences, um, she gets back in that kind of trapped-in environment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Elsa's reflecting and she's pleading for, like, her mum and dad's advice. She's like, what would you do? If Let It Go is your, like, fine, I'll be the villain song because that is kind of what it is like she's like fine let me do this this is dealing with the ramifications yeah and the lyrics are amazing you know i just a monster where they write has the dark in me finally come to light am i a monster full of rage go uh, nowhere to go but on a rampage or am i just a monster in a cage Mm -hmm. like this is again it's depression whenever you feel like everything's okay Mm -hmm. you go back into that hopelessness and because she thought 
having this freedom is what she needed. And now she's going back. And it's even worse this time because now it's like, no, this didn't work. So what will help me? Mm-hmm. And this song perfectly captures it. I just loved it. I, and, and yeah, no time for crying now. I've started the storm. I've got to stop it somehow. How did I end up with a frozen heart? Caught in a war that I never meant to wage. I love it. And she is like, if I die, will I be free? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, mother, what if after I'm gone, the cold gets cold and the storm rages on? This is the only time she directly addresses her mum in the entire show. Yeah. But she, she spends all of it. Every time she talks to herself, she talks to her. She refers to her father. Yeah. And this is the only time that she's like, mum, But help. it is. You feel scared for Elsa as well at this point. And you're like... What's she wearing though? Oh, she's in her, her, her pantsuit. Yeah, pantsuit. So this is like a Frozen Two third reference, you know. I love the costume change. She wore trousers and Frozen Two. Oh yeah, her yeah. traveling tights. Yeah, I love the costume change here, and especially because I think the Elsa dress represents freedom. But it's also real difficult to move in. It is. The only thing she does in that outfit is walk. Yeah. And it's because you cannot move in that skirt. Mm-hmm. I can attest to it. I made one. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. But, it, but I'm it, sure for the stage show it's more comfortable yeah. because they think about things like that when they make those. <laughs> As opposed to a cosplay thing. Yeah. But, <laughs> and I'm dumb. But, this but is... she needs to be able to move around. She yeah. gets hauled off stage. Like, but it's then important. I also think in terms of thematically to have her in this dress that represents all the hope and, you know, the freedom. And now she's in her war outfit. Exactly. And her, you know, like this isn't getting better outfit. That dress actually doesn't work for this. So great. I I love this. She's arrested. Um, Duke calls for her death, but Hans says no. So they put her in the metal gloves. Yeah, they put her in chains. But um, when the actors came on to put the gloves on her, they put them on the wrong way around. So the right glove was on the left hand and the left glove was on the right hand and it doesn't work because they're metal. They have to go on the correct hands yeah. because the thumbs go the wrong way otherwise. <laughs> and so when they put them on her, they just like jammed them onto her hands and she was just stood there and it was just so... I didn't notice. I know, it's the kind of thing only yeah. I would notice, but it just made me laugh properly hard. And then when they take her off stage and she comes back on, she swapped yeah. them round. But yeah. yeah, it was great. But I guess that's the thing. In the heat of the moment, sometimes it is difficult with props and it is difficult with Oh, I cannot imagine trying to put gloves or take gloves off. Every time she took the gloves off, I was like, that's stressful. I cannot imagine trying to take gloves off on stage. So they drag her off and then Christopher arrives with Anna and he demands help take her to... um, to Hans, she needs to see him. They tell Olaf to stand still because, like, how do you explain him? He sneaks inside. He sneaks inside, which is great because I mm-hmm. think you need that as a moment. We have, I think, a song that's cut here because it's not in our program. Is True Love? Mm-hmm. I don't think we had that. I've not taken any notes for it, but I've listened to it. It's a gorgeous song. Wonder why they cut it. We get a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, not enough to constitute a full number. No, but instead we get flashback baby Anna and Elsa where she's basically dying and she's seeing like the happy times that she was with them which is so powerful Mm. Hans's betrayal was great Hans's betrayal is fantastic and it is as powerful because she's so so excited and she tries to and she can't because she's too uh too she tries to, to kiss him yeah. too. And it's the way and he's he like... Moved, he like jolts back and is like, what are you doing? It's the way he leans in close to her and you think you're going to get this kiss and you just get, if only someone loved you. 
Oh, and the audience just, you feel the energy come out of the room. Oh. People booed him. Yeah. I mean, fair, but it's but again, funny. You, we knew this was going to happen, but they've done a good job suspending mm. disbelief, you yeah. know? Like, you could almost believe for a moment that would the Duke come in and interrupt before and he's like, don't worry, I'll come, I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we've got to go see to Elsa. And it's just an accident and the Duke locks the door and makes her, nope. They go, and it works. You know what was really good? The the fireplace. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so the fireplace set piece is really nice because Hans turns around and throws a bucket of nothing onto the fire. But you get the steam and the sizzle. The steam and the fire goes out. It's really nice. All yeah. of the set for this is incredible. It is, because it is Arendelle, and it is the castle. Like, when we're in the corridors, you know, it is this area. I love picks the door with his nose. Yep, comes on in. Hilarious. Some people are worth melting for. The Brit where he lights the fire. <laughs> this is where we find out. So on the, I believe. This is how you think it's done. This is how I think it's done. It also, so he sticks his little arm into the fireplace and is, in the film we see it exactly as it happens. He runs his little matchstick arm along the fire and it goes, Shh, and then it's lit. But in this, I'm pretty sure there's a button on one of the like controls. Like an igniter button, yeah. And you press it, and the end of one of the fingers is a... Uh, is a is a torch. Uh, I don't know what you call them. You know, this little... A lighter. Of, yeah, it's a lighter. Yeah. And it catches on fire, and then he just stands there with it on fire for a while and just talks. Oh, and my God. And he notices, and he blows it, and it's... Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, but you just take your thumb off of yeah. the button, and it's, and it's so just funny. so funny. But it, again, in this moment, a little bit of comic relief goes a long way. Mm. And it worked really, really well. And the window miraculously opens just as Olaf's like, oh, some people are worth melting for. You know, I'm crying again. Um, because, like, it is a sweet moment. I just feel like, like the, the the lump in my throat. Oh, window opens. He's um, miraculously so that, you know, it saves him. Was that the wind from Frozen 2? Just saving Olaf? No. <laughs> And they talk about how, like, Kristoff is her true love. He goes to look at the window and it's like, oh, look. And he's miraculously coming down the fjords like a majestic, repugnant reindeer king, which is a line from the film, which I love. I like that we don't see him dashing forward. You know, it's just we, we can hear it and we know this is happening off stage. We can picture it in our mind. We don't need to say it. It's like the, the beauty of good stagecraft mm-hmm. show uh, instead of show don't tell it's it's tell don't show we don't need a scene where we see like Christoph running this is perfect uh we go into colder by the minute lots of references to let it go in this one which i love um you know it, it's getting colder by the minute oh this is the other song that reminds me of hunchback and Notchdown. yeah um hans reveals his version of the truth and everyone agrees you know, he says he he charges Queen Elsa of Arendelle with treason and sentences her to death. Um, I love this bit. And you get the ensemble going, And the storm raged on, and the wind blew fear. You know, like, it is done in the same style as, Cold never bothered me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's fantastic. And we get all these different, all, all of the main characters. Like, like on a chessboard, the pieces are getting where they need to this final like act 
And you've obviously got like Hans, you've got Anna, you've got Elsa, you've got Kristoff. They're all separated. The ensemble are all dressed in white. So as they sing this, they are the snowstorm. Yeah. The LED lights are getting more frantic. Like it is a snowstorm. It's a blizzard. It's gorgeous as a set piece. Mm-hmm. It builds amazingly. And just as Hans is going to bring the sword down on Elsa. Anna sticks her hand out. But Anna's costume... Oh my god! How many times I tried to count how many times she changed costume yeah. in this, but I'm pretty sure she changed wigs just as many times. I couldn't keep up with it. Yeah. It's great. Her costume keeps getting whiter and whiter, and she is just until yeah. she's ice. But there's a really brilliant line in this. I love that Elsa sings, "Can't run, can't stop, can't breathe, can't live, and I can't die." Because oh, it is that. It's that. Let it go. That musical reprise. It's the same as what she sings when she's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I just really loved it. You know, you can conceal, don't feel. Um, you get Hans going, end this winter. You get monster, you know. This is why it sounds like a song from Hunchback to me is because there's a song, I think it's just called Esmeralda, where they're all singing over the top of each yeah. other. But they're all singing their own refrains from earlier in the musical. Yes. And then... They all join in together and it's really nice. Yeah, it is because it works brilliantly. I just loved it. I really loved this. And yeah, just as Hans is about to uh, kill Elsa. And <laughs> because we need to get Hans off stage for the yeah. next scene <laughs> when he bounces his sword off of Anna's hand. Because there's a lot of control involved in there that. There is. Uh, to not actually yeah. hit her. It's not a real sword, obviously, but to not hit her. And he bounces it and then, like, spins off stage and he's gone. But also, so. just as she freezes, and you get, like, just a little bit of ice fall down from her arm where the sword connects. Because mm. in that moment... And the um, the ensemble become like a oh, train, basically. Yeah, like, where the, where the ice has just frozen her. Mm. And Anna is frozen dead. Mm-hmm. Elsa realises, and the snow just holds. It's not like the storm stops. The storm is still. The storm is frozen. Mm. And Elsa breaks down... Now, I was the kid growing up who always hated the idea of somebody else saving the the, the main character. Yeah. And obviously, usually the princess, because I was a little girl. So that's how it was. So I always wanted to be the hero and the savior and, you know, the prince, because the prince is the one that gets to save people. There are very, very few properties where the story is the princess saves herself. Yeah. And this is my favourite one. And I don't think a lot of people realise that it's not Elsa being heartbroken that saves Anna. It's Anna Anna's... saved herself. Yeah, because it's an act of true love. And it's Anna's act of true love for her sister. Like, she could go to Kristoff in this moment. That's the beauty of this moment. She's like halfway between both of them. She Mm -hmm. could go to Kristoff, she could kiss her true love and be fine. She chooses her sister, knowing full well it will kill her. She makes that sacrifice because her sister's life is more important than her. Because she truly loves her sister after everything. All the isolation. And it is. She saves herself. And it's just such a beautiful, powerful ending. And I agree with you. It is nice Mm -hmm. to see something where they save themselves. Yep. I'm sobbing at this point in time. I'm absolutely sobbing. I'm I'm a wreck. Samantha Barks does this amazingly because you feel like Elsa's broken. Because especially having bits like um, I Dreamed of It. What, what was that song? Um, 
It was a monster. Dangerous to dream. Um. Where she's like, perhaps I can do this. Perhaps we can be sisters. And you feel like in the back of her mind, she's like, I want to be able to control just so I can be a sister again. Mm. And in this moment, what has she got? Nothing. And it's her own fault. And it's like her own worst nightmare come to life. And you feel it. Mm. And as she sobs... Oh, Anna falls back, back into the ensemble and they like rip her white costume off of and her and then push right, her out yeah. and she's in the and pink it's just, and purple outfit. And she's back. She She's alive. She's back in her like iconic Anna outfit. And she's got the braids in. Yep. And we get the line, true love thaws a frozen heart. And Elsa realises love is the key. Yep. This is where it all gets a bit sappy for me, to be honest. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care because else everyone gets their happy ever after in this. Except Hans, who is cursed by trolls. Right. To but, evil. <laughs> so we get the brilliant bit. We get the brilliant bit where she punches him. That's great. That's it so is. funny. It is. It is great. You know, and that's it. Anna is super strong. She punches Hans over the side of a boat. Yeah. Which, okay. But yeah, in this, she punches him and he falls to the ground and then, like, crawls off stage yeah. to go and get changed. Yeah. Because <laughs> he has to do a full costume change for I really love this bit because it is what I always wanted. It's a... Only time they use the revolve, I'm pretty sure. It is the only time they use the revolve, but it's it's let it go, but it's triumphant let it go. You know, um, as a family. Yeah, because it's Anna that sings... Uh, Elsa, tell me how you feel. Let it go, let it go. Show us what you can do. Yeah, and it, I just love this. Um... Yeah, and they stand together. Do you want to hear how this is described in the plot breakdown? Go for it. Elsa and Anna reunite without fear for the first time as their parents, young Elsa and young Anna, appear together, signalling the healing of the sisters' painful past. Mm. I think that's a pretty good I like that description the lyrics of this like again we got the beat I take this warmth within and send it up above you know it's it's all done to that but we end with we're never going back the past mm. is in the past let it go let it go then we'll rise yeah because we're together and it's just here and it's in our and here we stand in the light of day let our true love go yeah it's just great it's what I always felt was missing from the ending of the film one of the bits of we obviously get the revolve mm-hmm. but as and then get, a little podium in the middle too the podium where Anna and Elsa they're like little cake toppers yeah that's exactly what it looks like I loved it I'm I'm sobbing I'm just continually like in a wreck big smile on my face laughing as the characters come on and everything mm. it was a cathartic moment like I yeah. just it was great so how do you feel about theatres now doing a thing where you're allowed to film the bows during a show? Right. I have no objection to it. Um, because, so, this is a, it's a fairly recent thing within the last couple of years because the rise of social media means yeah. that shows get a lot more... It's free promotion. Yeah, and one of the biggest contributors to this, if you look into it, is actually Beetlejuice. Yes. Because everything leads back to him. And the the massive social media impact that Beetlejuice had on the way that shows advertise themselves on social media and yeah. make the actors known to the public rather than the sort of Broadway.com advertising mm-hmm. that we used to get, which was still great. And I'm well, it's like guerrilla but... marketing as well, isn't it? It's like the more you see it without realising. Yeah, exactly. 
But things like Six, Cinderella encouraged it a lot. Yeah. Um, Beetlejuice loves it. This didn't encourage it, though. No. They actually weren't... We actually weren't allowed. Yeah. Because the two people who were next to me in the audience, they actually got their phones out to film and they'd obviously been waiting to film the battles. Yeah. And... They had two members of staff at the front hold up the do not film sign. I didn't even notice that. I did because I was only looking because this girl next to me got her phone out. Yeah. Which, personally, I don't like it. I understand why they allow it, but I want to be able to not look at the person in front of me's phone that they're holding at my eye level. But anyway, the girls next to me got their phones out to film and the really nice usher came around and said, look, I'm really sorry, you're not allowed to film this. Maybe it was just because... It was opening night. They had actual cameras there filming our reactions. They actually turned the camera onto you at one point. Which is cool. I'd love to see whatever that footage was. Or if they even use it. Because, yeah. like, we Add were both to my just screaming. Portfolio. I'm sobbing. Yeah. Screaming, sobbing, having the great time. I See, here's the thing. I try... I When I was younger, I did a lot of concerts. Mm-hmm. And I tried to get to the front, and I would spend too, too much more of the concert focusing on the fact that I'm filming certain songs and actually living in that moment. Yeah. Right. And as a result of living in that moment, yeah, I had great videos, but I didn't actually watch the performance. I watched the video. I filmed the bows once, and that was waitress with it was Sarah Bareilles. With Sarah Bareilles, it was incredible. I wish I'd just stood and watched the bows. For me, it's about living in the moment. It's it's about living in that moment, there and then. I think the other issue is, especially this being a younger audience as well, if you have kids, because there were so many booster seats, right? Oh, yeah. They had, like, hundreds of the little booster cushions. It was now, great. Now, we had a standing ovation. Everyone mm. was standing. The family behind us didn't stand straight away, but they did. I was very aware. Luckily, the adults were behind me. The thing is, they kind of had to, because otherwise they weren't going to be able to see anything. But this is the thing. And if you then have to compete with cameras above, Mm. especially for a show like this, why have kids missed those moments because of that? Mm. I think nowadays, this is the change, though. We've, We've got to concede. is the fact that the stage door at least for now, is dead as a concept. There are a lot of actors I have seen from a lot of shows in London right now saying, look, I love the fact you want to meet me and wait, but I will not be doing Stage Door for health and safety. Yeah. You know, I think it was um, Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcast. I saw the person playing Joseph tweet out like, really nice. You know, what I'm going to do is, you know, I, I waved out my window when I left of my car, but please don't mob me for photos. It's not safe. Yeah. So I completely understand. And maybe this is the new experience. You can't do the stage door, so this is how you capture something. But I've got no real opinions on it. I think if people choose to spend their time doing that, great. For me, living in the moment, standing, cheering. Like the brilliant bit we have all the cast come on, with except Elsa and Anna, and everyone leaves. And then it's Elsa's Ice Palace, and they come down the stairs together. Mm-hmm. As a moment, I remember that. Yeah, I... I could rewatch it on my phone, but I'd be watching a fake memory. Yeah. So that's my thought on it. If you want to do it, great. I think, I think it just comes down to theatre etiquette. Mm-hmm. If there are people behind you and you think you might ruin their experience because you're going to mean that they can't access or see something because you're holding something extra up. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's obnoxious. Yeah. If you've got a little kid behind you who can't see Elsa take her bow because you're too busy holding up a camera, that that's not fair. Mm-hmm. However, if there's no one behind you and you're not going to ruin anyone's experience, what harm does it do? Yeah. So, yeah, that that's my view on it. But yeah, I, I, I think the bows are really well done because obviously Elsa gets back into her Elsa dress. So the way everyone comes out and then you have this moment, it gives her, that, that's a quick changeover as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved this. Before we go into obviously the final thoughts, we left the theatre. We went. Oh yeah, this was so good. We went straight to the merchandise booth. Which is oh. very nicely set up to feel like an actual Disney World store. It is. And the stuff in there is great. I bought Sven. Money well spent. Yes. Um, and I bought somebody a birthday present. You did. The merchandise there is great. And, and I will say it's expensive, but mm. it's high quality. It's Disney merch. Yeah. But it, it's, it's good quality stuff. Like you're paying for something that's well made and will last. Unless you have a child and they grow out of it immediately. But, but you, you know. also have like replicas of the dresses outside as you go in there. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the best touch. And I don't know if this is every night. I've not seen more of it, but I know that for this opening night was amazing. You walked out. And it was snowing. It was snowing as you had the music and it felt like a big deal and it felt amazing. I loved it. Oh, it was so, so special. And there were a lot of kids that you could see huge smiles on their faces. Mm -hmm. You were part of something special that night. You know, there's a lot of new musicals that have opened. Some we didn't get to see, unfortunately. I really wish we got a chance to see Public Domain. Because, you know, you had great things. Be More Chill. we weren't very well. Yeah. Be More Chill wasn't a new musical. But again, something that's opened in this time. We obviously saw the preview of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella. Mm-hmm. But nothing else felt like theatre's back. Yeah. You know? Which, again, when you've got something that's like, open up the gates. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this should have been the definitive, like nothing else is opening until this. You take that up with Andy. Controversially, I know of me, like everyone's got jobs and that's great. Mm -hmm. But this felt like for the first time in forever. Yeah. I had hope. Mm -hmm. Just like Frozen, when I saw the film, this filled me with hope coming out of it. And who knows what the the months will bring. Mm -hmm. But at this point, I left feeling like Theatre's back. I feel optimistic. Yeah. It was an amazing experience. Like, they thought of everything. Mm -hmm. Over on Instagram, I didn't do a Twitter poll, but over on Instagram, I did just ask how many people want to see Frozen. Mm -hmm. 89% of people want to see this show. Now, I can completely understand. Maybe people aren't fans of the film. Mm Mm-hmm. That's going to, you know, maybe it's just not yeah, for them. If yeah, you're, if you're not into the film, there is no reason why you would want to go and see this. Yeah, and I completely understand with that. But there's overwhelming positivity about this show that I have seen on Twitter, that I have seen on Instagram. The cast and the crew seem like they are having the time of their lives on this show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's incredible. They They seem to be really embracing, like, the fans who show up as well. Like... It doesn't feel like this is just a show. This feels like significant. And what you see on Instagram and Twitter from the cast, and I'd recommend finding and following all of them. Like, they are having an amazing time. What is your best song in this version 
of Frozen and why is it Hugo? It's Hugo. <laughs> I'm obsessed. So, not basically thinking about this, I'm not going to take into account songs that I already know. Yeah, so okay, what is because your best like, new song? Best new song is Hugo, best existing song is Love is an Open Door. Yeah. Because I just like this version of it, it's yeah. nice, but new song Hugo was so good yeah and completely unexpected yeah and you need it after act one like Mm. so many they've really thought about this is a story for children yeah you know regardless of how much as adults we love it frozen is aimed at children yeah it has no age rating yeah (laughs) nudity but no age rating yeah well implies Um, nudity as well i know i'm kidding but so the way that musicals work is, you know, everything good in Act 1, the inciting incident happens, we have an interval, and then Act 2 is where all the difficult stuff happens, mm. and we have to either die or get over it. Those are your two options yeah. in a musical. Les Mis is the first one. <laughs> Les Mis and Miss Saigon are the first one. <laughs> and Rent. Uh, should I just list every musical we've ever done? <laughs> yeah. yeah, get over it or die is essentially yeah. the plot of every Act 2 of a musical. And in this, we have to not fall into those pits because the get over it part is always the struggle to get Mm. over it. We have to have something light here. Otherwise, kids are going to be like, this is sad instantly because Mm. if we don't have Hugo, we go straight into I can't lose you. Yeah. And that's sad. Yeah. So we needed this and it was perfect. And every second of it was amazing. As a song that has grown on me incredibly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it helps that I've been singing it nonstop. Yeah. The thing is, in terms of, it's a very difficult one. Mm-hmm. Because I'm so biased. What's your best old song? Not old song, but original song. Origi- Honestly, it's very difficult. I'm still going to go with Let It Go because of just yeah. what, it, what it did for me. You know, like mm-hmm. that was the song that... The success of this show could go either way. If this song wasn't satisfactory... You'd have been let down. Yeah, and yeah. everything else is soured. This song was pitch perfect. It hit the notes on YouTube. And that's not to say any other song was bad. It's difficult to choose a best song because they've revamped some of the older songs amazingly. Mm-hmm. But let it go for me. Yeah. Huga, Waltz Great. I, I didn't <sighs> expect this to be No, and it has grown, like, so much... I well, think like, Dangerous best... to Dream is gorgeous. Hans of the Southern Isles is perfect for Every it new song feels like part of the original. Mm-hmm. <sighs> right, I feel like I have In to give two so best good. new songs simply because A, firstly, finale, right? Mm-hmm. It's what I always wanted. Yeah. Thank you for putting that in. Right. Excellent. Right, so... Can you imagine going to see this and the last 40 minutes of this show are just not a musical? Right? In terms of that, it, it just proved me right and for that, and I love it, it was so well done because it's what I always wanted. And again, like Let It Go, it's what I'd always wanted. It's like when I saw uh, Breaking Dawn Part 2, I'd said for years, Carlisle should die. And when the film did, I was like, oh my God, they did it. Oh, I don't like this, but I was right. Mm. This was perfect. And for a re- like, that's one of my best songs because it's that opposite of Let It Go, which feels like a cop-out because Let It Go is my best original song. So I think, actually, I am going to change my mind mm. right here, right now. As much as I love Monster, Hans of the Seven Isles, my best new song is Hugo. Yeah. And if you haven't seen this show and if you haven't listened to it, check it out. It's incredible. Mm. What is your skip song? Like, 
okay, if we think about the Broadway cast, it is Can I look at the Queen Anointed, list? right? Because as a song on its own, it's fine. But that doesn't count here. I'm going to say my skip song, much as I love it, is the skip song I'd have for the film, which is Reindeer Are Better Than People. Whilst it's done amazingly, and it is great as part of this, it's like 30 it's seconds of I waste. I always listen to that song. I don't, I, I do love it. it I, this is difficult because this show is perfect. Like, I can't, I can't fault it. You know what my skip song is. I don't. It's the one song from this soundtrack that I always want to skip whenever it comes on in the car. Let it go. Let's let it go. And I'll Which... tell you, I'll tell you for why. <laughs> I worked at a summer camp yeah, in yeah. the year 2016 and the kids were in charge of what songs played over the radio. And I get that. And <sighs> I I look, this song is really nice. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. It's triumphant. I understand why you love it, but I don't. I... And I find it just as irritating yeah, yeah. as... Define gravity. And I, I get that. I don't want to you, listen to that either. It, 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 it's the Broadway band list, isn't it? It's like your audition with Let It Go, no one's interested, no, right? You. And it's the same reason I completely understand why Laurie would skip this song. So like, hi, Laurie, love you. <laughs> Laurie um, is a professional princess. She plays Elsa more than anybody else. And she, like, I put this song, when, we, when she came down to visit back in May and we went to Brighton, mm-hmm. I put this song on because I thought... Everyone would love it. Disney playlist, yeah. And we were both like, no. And I was like, right, for you two, I'll skip this. Yeah. Fine, I get it. If it's one that for you has been overplayed, I get it. For me, I can't listen to this song this enough. This is the thing. I will never tire of I this song. I will happily listen to this song in the car with you because I love listening to you sing it. Yeah. And I love how much you love it. But if it came on in my car... You'd skip it. And I was driving without you, I would be like, how did this get on my that's playlist? That's fair. And, I, and that's fair. I agree. Swipe. Are there any new songs that you feel skippable at all? This is going to make me really sound like... I, I feel like I've made myself sound like I don't like Elsa. I appreciate her as a character. I like Arno better. And I would have as a child too. But Monster is such a good song. But I wouldn't listen to it okay. on its own. I would. I know you would. <laughs> um, no... I, I get your points. For me, I'm just going to go with the easy answer of a song that, like, as great as it is for just, like, a little bit of a character building and phenomenally performed, it's the easiest answer for me because, you know, if it was removed, I wouldn't miss anything. Mm-hmm. It is Reindeers Are Better Than People because it's 30 seconds and it's the closest I can give to an answer where I could deal with that. In terms of on the Broadway soundtrack that we have, I think I will be squip- skipping Queen Anointed. Skipping. <laughs> That's a different show. <laughs> I will be skipping Queen Anointed because it's just kind of it's it's beautiful. And yeah, if it was per- attached to Dangerous to Dream, you'd listen to it. Yeah, but... I don't have to. That's the beauty of the Broadway one. Mm. Um, that would be my skip song. Yeah, uh, not because it's bad. Mm-hmm. Which role do you want to play, and why is it Anna, or why is it everyone? Why is it Oaken? <laughs> right, nothing stuffing me. Oh, I would. God, how would you not want to play Oaken? First of all, he's the best character. He has my favorite song. Right, but Anna is such a great role in this. I it's am very so glad cool. that Oaken is in it because he could be so easily forgotten. Like, what a mm. way to expand like such an inconsequential side cult character, you know? But the fact that he shows up again in 
the mini films mm. is great. Yeah, but then Frozen 2, he's in the background, doesn't do anything, I know, which right? I feel it is one of the sucks. biggest injustices. Have him be on the mission with them. Not with them, but yes. at least have him do something. No, have him there. Have him like with the, the party. Yoo-hoo. Uh, Stone Giants, yoo-hoo. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I... Honor is so great. But the thing is with this show, all of the moments that made me like the theatre shiver, you know, yeah. were ensemble moments. I would mm. want to just be in this show, yeah. to be part of the ensemble, to be creating this sound. There's so much you could do in this show and enjoy it. Mm. Who do you um, want to be? Hans or Olaf. Oh, that's great. Hans, because that reveal. Yeah. Oh, oh. Like, he got booed, like, in a pantomime way. It was the only pantomime bit. He got booed when he but came you, on for his Do you his, think his you cheer. could be nice enough to be dorky, Hans? Yeah, that's me as a person. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm just being mean. just the challenge of playing Olaf as well, like, I think mm. that'd be great. But one of those two. Um, I, I don't have an MVP. I have an MVP. I put Elsa because of just, like, the feels. But in truth... Every single person attached to this show. Yeah, I was thinking, I knew, because we always talk about MVPs. I know earlier I said Oaken was my MVP. There is. Because a... he was great. But then if I say him, I also need to say how great Olaf was. Because yeah. he was amazing and so funny. I'm, I'm at... But also Anna's the main character. Like, I'm going to say that Frozen is my MVP. This musical is the MVP because every single person on stage in the orchestra pit and backstage mm-hmm. has made something so incredibly special. Yeah. Um, down to the last detail. Mm-hmm. Everything about this world is perfect. You have these amazing child actors. You have amazing magical props. And literally, like in the same way, the bit where Elsa's cloak flies off, the level of work that's gone into this show... Mm-hmm. Every single person deserves credit, and you can't put one person above of the the other. Like, yes, Anna is your main character; she carries this show. But those moments with the ensemble, these moments with Olaf as the perfect comic timing, Sven speaks no lines but enhances it. Mm-hmm. Aladdin doesn't have Raja, doesn't have Abu doesn't have the magic carpet as a character but you can do this with sven thank god <laughs> but, ha- but not having sven would have been such a sin no but that's what i mean like thank god sven was so perfect yeah so my mvp is this show yeah. as a whole i think i can guess how many stars you gave this <sighs> can i can i no i'm not gonna a add magical it. sixth star i really was tempted i can't but this is this is of every show we've covered this is number one. Mm-hmm. Every five star, this this trumps it. This is the best show we've watched. Yeah. The best show we've covered. Like, nothing comes close. Okay, well now we know at least what's at the e- top end of your tiers. Right, yeah. So we've got the pirate movie being dead bottom. <laughs> Half a star. And Frozen being dead top. Mm-hmm. Did you give this one five stars? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Is your... In a theatre watching a show. Do you, but... All musicals are made better by being sat in yeah. a theatre to watch them. But I feel like I could watch this as a pro shot mm. and still be absorbed in it, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, five stars, easy, easy. Go and see this show. Go 
and see it, especially at, at Drury Lane. Because it might be there more permanently. Disney have paid a lot of money for this, you were telling me. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen, but go see it here. I mean, they're going to make all their money back. Yeah, go and see it if you get a chance to. Go and see it and, and enjoy it because it is magical. I want to see it again mm-hmm. more than anything in the world. I want to see it again. And that's the first time I've come out of a show and, okay, be more chill, I won't see it again. But just because I really enjoyed it, not for the same reason as this. You know, in the same way I saw Frozen like five times, I said, I could see this every day and never get bored. I love it that much. So, yeah, five stars. <laughs> I don't know what we're watching next week. We've not actually talked about it. Next week we are going to be watching a movie version of a stage musical that I love. However, yep. we're doing it the wrong way around. So okay. the movie came first, but I was obsessed with the stage musical when I saw it. But So we're going to start with the movie? Yeah. Cool. If we could watch the stage version, we'd be watching the stage version. But we are jumping back to 1967 for Half a Sixpence. Was Half a Sixpence one of the songs featured on All Star Musical back in the uh, uh, start of the year? Yes, but it wasn't the song Half a Sixpence. It was Flashbang Wallop. Yes. Yeah. That's from this show. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I like that. Um, it'd be nice to do something a little bit older. It's based on a H.G. Wells book. Nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that's going to be exciting. We're going to have a classic musical next week. Uh and we've got two weeks, we're still yet to decide, but we are going to have some live theatre again, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, we've obviously done this live episode, but we're going to have two weeks of live theatre. Yeah. On the 24th of September, which is Friday, we're going to go see the brand new Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, which is fantastic. And then on the 1st of October, we're going to see... Mm, Say my favourite musical, but I think we have a new favourite musical now. But uh, the, my favourite musical, too. pre-Frozen, mm-hmm. School of Rock. Which, again, I'm very excited to talk about in the same way as Frozen for the deeply personal connection. But we'll talk about that. So uh, watch this space, because on the 4th of October, we will have our episode on Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And then a week later, on the 11th of October, we will uh, have School of Rock before we start our spooky season. Yeah. Wow, another spooky season. God, can you believe? It's a musical spook cast. <laughs> cool. So that is our lineup for the future. Yes, um, this is one of the longest ones we've done for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and to talk about something, obviously there is a film that already exists, but this really was something special. And if you're still listening now, thank you so much um, for sticking with us. I can't sing the praises of Frozen enough. I feel like I have to repeat this sometimes. We don't get paid by the musicals we're not we weren't given press tickets to go see frozen we bought our tickets mm-hmm. um as fans we're not promoting frozen we're not going to give you a discount code to go get the tickets cheaper i wish we could but we are speaking as fans yeah i would be critical if i didn't like it we're not doing this because we've been paid to give a good review but i genuinely mean it when i say but also uh, Daddy Disney wants to sponsor us. Yeah. I, I mean it when I say, if you get a chance to see this show, mm-hmm. do. I'm not getting any money out of it. Perhaps someone from Frozen will listen and I might get lucky and be invited to go backstage. Mm-hmm. But we get nothing out of this other than just talking about a show Please we love. Um, so go and see Frozen. Yeah. I can't wait to talk half a six months with you next week. 
Me too. So as always, you can go onto Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod and let us know your thoughts. Have we changed your mind? Maybe do you want to see Frozen more for this episode? What do you think about Half a Sixpence? Uh, how is it going to compare to other musicals from that era we've discussed on the podcast thus far? Do you think I'm going to like it? There'll be a poll that comes out in the coming days, so watch this space and get involved in the conversation. You can find us, as always, on a multitude of fantastic podcasting platforms. And make sure you subscribe to us. Uh, we're going to have bonus episodes uh, dropping left, right and centre because uh, we've got some really exciting things in the pipeline. So go over to whatever your preferred podcasting platform is and subscribe to us so you're notified first. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app in the library under podcasts, on Stitcher and on Podbean. And if you like what we do, why not go over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and leave us a magical five-star review and help make our day. Until next week, where you can find us same bat place, same bat channel. Have a wonderful Hugo Monday.